welcome to Friday Forum. We are excited to be here today to talk about Monsters, Inc., the fourth film from Pixar. Yes, fourth one. Fourth fourth time's the charm. (laughs) So Mm. with us today, of course, we have um, our Sully, Mr. Jimmy Anthony. Uh, uh, Boo, boo, where are you? Uh, I'm looking for you, boo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what does he say? That's <laughs> I'm moving on. B five fo. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, we also have Byron it's Anthony. Boo's door. Byron Anthony, our Yeti, or abominable snowman. Hey guys, want some snow cones over here? Oh, oh shit! I'm in bed. <laughs> that was a good one. Um. <laughs> And then, of course, we have our the younger sister, Grace, who's, of course, our boo. Mike Wazowski. Look it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have our also here, we have Brian Baldwin, who's going to be our, our Celia. Obviously. I don't even know what she says, but. Googly bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, we have um, Cynthia Anthony, who's our Roz. Which one's Roz? <laughs> paperwork one. I knew that was going to happen. Oh, the, the paperwork lady? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> paperwork lady. I'm watching. Okay, are you on time? <laughs> what do you need? <laughs> I'm watching you. I can't do it. <laughs> Mazowski. Yeah. I'm watching you, Mazowski. Yeah. <laughs> Always oh, watching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Much better than me. <laughs> um, and of course we have Jacob Shear, who's gonna be Mr. Waternoose. I used to be a cowboy actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know what are you gonna do? <laughs> um, I know that's a hard one. Um <sighs> we have Daniel McCarley, who's gonna be our Mike Wazowski. Oh, hey, you know, I get to be on a podcast. How about that? (laughs) And I am your host, Kelly Anthony, and I'll be Randall today. Um, Hmm. I don't even know. Man, not our best. No, it's hard. (laughs) (laughs) Not too many characters. It's actually hard, yeah. Yeah. This is a hard one for characters. Are you ready? Are you ready, Sully, to break that record? Something like that. Sure. So today we're going to be talking about um, the 2001 film, Monsters, Inc. Hmm. Um, And we're going to start like we always do with our first memories and general thoughts of the film. So Jimmy, go ahead and start us off. What are your first memories of Monsters, Inc.? Um, Well, I'm pretty sure this is the first one I'm like pretty sure we saw in theaters. I don't have a lot of distinct memories about going to the theater but I do remember like seeing the trailer, uh, that it was coming out, being excited to see it. And we must have seen it in theaters. I remember seeing it on the big screen. So that's as far as my memories go of seeing it for the first time. But then we had it on DVD and we would watch it all the time. Uh, maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration, but pretty often, even like through high school, it was like a feel good one we'd throw on for nostalgia, whatever, just hanging out late in the garage, like just throw Monsters Inc. on. So anyway, uh, it's been around my life for a long time. I've always liked it. Um, one of my favorite things about Pixar is like the little worlds that they choose to explore. I think everybody's, that's sort of like their niche. Anyway, um, that was like such a 
interesting world, like the world of monsters in the closet. I thought it was really cool. So um, overall, I have very positive feelings about the movie. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to talk about it more. Great. Uh, Byron, how about you? Yeah, this one was like, you know, I, I think I was in high school when this, like freshman in high school when this movie came out. So it was like past the point when I was supposed to quote unquote watch cartoons, right? But I, and I can kind of remember like seeing the trailer and being like, oh, that's going to be some dumb movie for kids. And then I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah, Pixar is genius. And I like, I remember it like the same way I watched it, you know, recently, uh, this last time, like you just, it's master storytelling and you just, uh, it, it's undeniable. So that was my first impression and, uh, same impression this time. Awesome. Grace, how about you? Um, yeah, I don't have memories of seeing it in the theater at all. Um, but I do remember loving it and everybody loving it. And it wasn't like annoying the way that Shrek was, which also came out this year. Um, I do remember being very over fucking Shrek. It, it was like all anybody was watching ever. And it's, it's obnoxious eventually. But I don't ever remember feeling that way about Monsters, Inc. I remember um, the whole Pixar thing. I remember, I think, noticing Pixar and the Pixar animation for the first time with this movie as opposed to the um, other ones we've done so far. Maybe Bugs Life I did, but just this one more so. Um, those are my only big first impressions. All right, Brian, how about you? I remember seeing it in theaters at Park Cinemas and being so stoked. And yeah, I think that what Jimmy said is like the same for me. Like I was super into like different worlds and opening a door or falling down a hole and being in a whole different magical land that nobody knew existed, you know, like as like a fifth grader or whatever, there's like nothing better than that. Uh, I think that's definitely exemplified in this, this movie for sure. All right, Cynthia, how about you? I can't exactly remember the first time I saw Monsters, Inc., um, but I remember seeing it at things like cast parties, if the kids were doing something or another. I remember seeing it in classrooms. On Remember when, well, in those days, kids would have like these, wear your pajamas to school and eat popcorn. Like they were short Fridays. At, pardon me? It's called a deer day. Drop everything and read. Yeah, yeah that kind oh, of yeah. thing. And Monsters, Inc. would be on. Um, so it's, it's a very endearing memory that kind of doesn't hit my memory at one particular time, but through a sweet time of my children's childhood. And I always liked it. All right, Jacob. Yeah, I don't have particularly strong feelings about the first time I saw it. I think it probably was in one of those hangouts at, in your garage, Jimmy. <laughs> Uh, because I, I specifically remember avoiding it and only like seeing the toys and whatever. Like I was in some different phase at the time. I think I was obsessed with Star Wars. Uh, we were going into middle school, I guess. Right. And so it was kind of like a different headspace. And then I saw it, you know, several years later. And then it was just kind of like, oh, it's kind of cool because we weren't really paying attention 
And then now this time I watched it twice because I was like, I can't believe I didn't really do this as a kid. Hmm. Daniel, how about you? Um, let's see. I, okay. I had to try and think of memory. So this movie has maybe grown the most in my feelings about picture. There was a time when it was probably my least favorite Pixar movie. Now I, 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 it's, I, I have better feelings about it now, but I do remember that we didn't see it till it had been out for a while. And I was, um, I would have been in seventh grade and I was at the age where I was getting to be like, you Disney, I don't want to see Disney movies. I was like seeing R rated movies for the first time. And I was like, not interested in it, but I like reconsidered it later. And I think it's, um, it's, it's, it's got good stuff. So, which we'll, which we'll get into as we start discussing the movie. Yeah. I, I didn't think we saw this in theaters as a family. And I just, it was like a little later in its cycle. Okay. Well, I, it's funny because watching it again this last week, I like remembered everything about this movie, but hadn't even seen it in forever. And I know this is one that we didn't have on videotape. And I'm pretty sure that like Disney Channel played this like all the time or something or ABC or something. And Mm -hmm. I just watched it like all the time on, on the TV. Um, And I remember like really liking this film a lot, but then the following films that came out after sort of like overshadowed it. And like, I kind of forgot about this movie for a long time, but I always loved it. Um, You know, everyone was obsessed with Boo and Sully. Um, You know, people are still obsessed with them. You see like those dolls everywhere still. So it definitely had a big cultural impact. but yeah, this movie's been around like for my whole life, I feel like. Seen it a bunch of times. Um, it came out in 2001. Uh, it had a $115 million budget. Um, and for comparison, Toy Story 2 only had a $90 million budget. Only 90. But so a bigger budget than Toy Story 2. It made $577.4 million. Toy Story 2 made 497.4, so it made like $80 million more than Toy Story 2. Hmm. I mean, I guess two years later, inflation, I don't know, but, you know, well, not too much of a difference. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was Oscar nominated for Best Score, Best Song, Best Sound Editing, and Best Animated Feature. Can anyone guess which one it won? It only won one of those. That was the first year they ever had Best Animated Feature, was this year. Oh, okay. One. And I know that because I know what won. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just not Monsters Inc. Wasn't it, was it a Best Animated Feature, or they allowed animated features into Best Film? I think they started. Best Animated Feature category first. Okay. Um, It... I, was this Sorry. the first year, Daniel? I thought it was the yeah. year before. No, this was the first year that okay. animated feature was a full-on category. They had had an animated short for a first time. And like okay. one said, Beauty and the Beast had been nominated for Best Picture before, but this was the first year they did. Um, yeah, Best. it's a shame oh, because of all the great 90s Disney movies that didn't win that award. <laughs> you know that. Well, there would have been nothing else nominated, maybe. For many of them. Well, there would have been like 
a couple, like maybe one or two other ones, but yeah. So this actually only one best song. Oh, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Shrek won best animated feature. <laughs> yeah. There year. you go. So Academy award winning film Shrek. Yeah. You know what's funny though? You can kind of sense that like animated movies are totally a thing by watching this movie, like Toy Story, you can kind of see them showing off like, oh, look what we can do with computers. But this, like, there's, there, you know, like, other than like the fiber of Sully's hair, they're really not showing off the fact that they can do computer animated movies anymore. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. They weren't trying to prove the technology so much anymore. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, this was the highest grossing animated film up to this point which I feel like they're all probably going to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this one, it got a, uh, made a lot of money. Um, and of course, the great Billy Crystal is the voice of Mike Wazowski. And he finally got his Pixar role in this film because they asked him to be Buzz Lightyear in the original Toy Story. And he said, no, he's like, I don't know what this is. I'm not, I'm not interested. And then it came out and he totally regretted it and like wished he had been in Toy Story. And then they offered him this role. And he, of course, said yes. So that's kind of a fun little fact. He's so good. Yeah. yeah thank God he said yes to this and no to the other one. Oh, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> much, much better choice. <laughs> um, any other fun facts? Anyone's got? I mean, I think this uh, is another one of those ones that they made up at that one lunch. Or oh, yeah. This was one of the yeah. Hidden City Cafe yeah. stories. Right. And yeah. you actually can see the Hidden City Cafe in the opening, well, not the opening, opening scene, oh, but yeah. when they're walking to work. Yeah. Yeah. They like run into a guy who's like sweeping the ground or something. And like, it's very prominent. So it's Hidden City have Cafe. We, oh, yeah. I noticed that. Have we talked about the, the, the Hidden City Cafe stories on this? Yeah, we did. Briefly. We did a couple times ago. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to, you want to refresh our listeners, Daniel? Uh, no, because I'm not super familiar. I don't really remember what if that you, is. If you do. Okay, so after the success of Toy Story, actually, Jacob, I'll let you, I'll let you take this because you're the I one. I knew you were going to say that, and t- I don't know enough. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, so from what I understand is they had a lunch. I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's after Toy Story, and they had a lunch, and basically in that lunch, they created the four films, all the, the concept. Right. And you probably know the names of these people. Lassiter is one of them. John I don't know the rest. Yeah. I don't know the rest of the names, but they came up with all these ideas in one lunch, and that's like, and then it became billions and billions of dollars and thousands of people involved and everything. Yeah, yeah. They came up with um, Bugs Life and Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo, and I'm not and, quite sure what the Wally and Wally. And Wally that's right. Yeah. Which they all kind of make sense. And I think part of uh, the reason for picking those on top of them being like great little worlds to explore, like I was mentioning earlier, is like the textures seemed doable at the time. Like they realized Toy Story was successful for that reason and tried to think of other things. I mean, with Soli's fur, they kind of like, you know, well, you, got ambitious, I guess, but they didn't have to, you know. You can tell that. they just tried to explore all different kinds of just like, space and the world you know right. they would they did one in space they did one under the sea they did one that's bugs like shrunk down in the ground you know totally it's i don't know 
it's yeah. interesting how that happens when like when you when you're just trying to brainstorm ideas you know it's like it felt like worlds. they just became kids for a lunch and yeah, were really exactly. smart kids. They just, yeah. Like, <laughs> had imaginations. Yeah. That'd be yeah. so fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I want that lunch. I want that lunch. <laughs> <laughs> All it's right. Just, so. It's like, a, it's like a piece of Hollywood lore that like whether or not it's true. It's just so good. It's like yeah. that diner and that painting, you know? Yeah. Oh. Night yeah. Yeah. All right. So Monsters, Inc. Um, so the movie opens in a kid's bedroom. Um, he's going to bed. He says, night, mom, the room is dark. And then we see the shadow of a monster under his bed coming out to scare him. But then there's just like a little, sorry. <laughs> well, he screams. I know. And um, the kid screams and then it scares the monster. And he screams. He trips on a soccer ball. He falls on some jacks. He's like freaking out. And then we notice that it's just like a an animatronic mannequin boy <laughs> and um we're, we're like we're open to the simulation room and um the 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 woman doing the simulation is like what what or what did she say mr bile is it mr bile oh my friends call me phlegm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mr bile mr bile what was your one mistake anybody anybody and then we realized the biggest mistake is that he left the door open um and we find out here that they're they think kids are dangerous. Um, Ooh, Mr. Waternoose, the water Mr. Waternoose, the big spider guy who's in charge of the you know he's the CEO of the company Monsters Incorporated, voiced by James Coburn. Um, he comes in, yes, <laughs> Jacob. Jacob. He comes Me. in and says how terrible it can be if a kid comes into the monster world. He says one touch by a kid can. can um, and this is where we find out that they are need in need of screams. That's what powers the city. So that's why monsters scare kids. Um, fun little um, thing here in the room is you can see the plane that Buzz Lightyear used to fly around the room in Toy Story is actually in the background. Of so many Toy Story uh, nuggets in this. Yeah, one. there's a lot of Toy Story. I'm the sure boat is there too in that scene. Yeah, one I of mean, the boats. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure there's a ton of stuff in the room. I just you know, look at this stuff up online, but um, I'm sure if you pot freeze frame it, <laughs> you could probably find some other stuff. Um, so it's yeah. Though, but like the whole conceit of the movie is that this monster world lives off the screams of children. And they're so yeah. quick to set that, set that up. I mean, yeah. they really are. Honestly, well, yeah, right. both, both worlds live simultaneously together kind of thing. Love that. Yeah, yeah. that's dark duck. Yeah. Yeah, it's dark. They fuel their it's, life with the screams of children. And and to be perfectly honest, it seems still like a little bit of a hurdle for me. Like I still have to be like, oh, okay. Like you know, I guess I'll yeah, buy into that. Yeah. The screams. <laughs> I had a little bit more of an emotional reaction, which was, oh, why do you need to have the screams of children do anything? Screams from kids are. Bad. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, they they learn their lesson by the end of it. Apparently. Yeah. That is that is yeah. the lesson of the movie by the end. Yeah, I was struck this most recent time about how they made the monsters scary, but without the intent really to ever hurt the children. They just want to capture their screams, which is a little evil. But <laughs> but hey, they just want them to scream. They're not going to like literally go scratch them yeah but i think they do also well, a good Randall job is gonna hurt some kids 
That well, guy's I was trying to hurt some kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say they do a good job setting up that these monsters are just like doing their job and they, you know, they're even scared of the kids, you know. It's the same way like when you see a butt, like a little kid like screams, oh, spider. And then your mom always says, it's more afraid of you than you are of it. Like, right. Yeah. Mm, that, kind that, of idea. That juxtaposition and, that the monsters are like more scared of the kids than the kids are the monsters. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. But it's it's so funny that like that you know their whole the whole city operates on the bottling of of pain for for like you know it's just so it's crazy it's a wild idea it's like the concept of work like hard work like yeah. I mean all of it it's just like yeah. so beyond children that's that's why it's so crazy you can't get energy and fuel without without pain. Is what it's saying. That's that's where all the fuel and energy to run things come. Yeah, from. but it also makes the point Same. that happiness is more powerful. Totally. Yes. I mean, that's like the. Are we ultimate. are we getting too far ahead of ourselves? I, I know. Yeah. That, but. Yeah. Maybe let's just keep it rolling. Let's just, just keep to, it. to say that the movie is making a negative point. It's about just trying to tell right. everybody to be vegan. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I think they do a really good job setting that up right away. And I always thought it was so clever, like, their idea of, like, okay, what's, you know, like, we were talking about this Hidden City Cafe thing, going back to kids. What world besides toys did we live in as kids? Well, we were scared of monsters coming out of the closet. Okay, why would, if monsters were real, why would they come out of the closet and scare us? Like, I think that's a really clever idea. So so they set us up for that. um, And then we are shifted over to meet our main characters, we meet um, James P. Sully, Sullivan, who goes by Sully, who's voiced by the great John Goodman. And Michael, goes by Mike Wazowski, voiced by Billy Crystal. So we, we are transferred to their apartment. Mike wakes up Sully, and they start working out and training for scaring children. <laughs> um, um, so Sully, uh, Mike, uh, Mike has got Sully, like, like you know, tippy toes, crawl on the ground, bunk beds. <laughs> It's always funny. I remember that was definitely in the trailer, the bunk bed part. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a commercial comes on the TV for Monsters, Inc. They get all excited. Um, they want to watch like it. That, that's also so brilliant of Pixar, right? Like that storytelling, like, okay, so now we're going to explain the world that we live in. And that infomercial, just like, oh, yeah. okay, we now we get it. Yeah. You know, it's just so crafted and good. Yeah. So they do a great... and. And in the Monsters, Inc. ride at California Adventure, when you're waiting in the line queue, they, like, show that, like, that's not cool. that exact thing, but it's, like, on TV screens, like, the ad and, like, welcome to Monsters, Inc. and whatever. Oh, yeah. I thought that that scene was very revealing about, about Mike Wasowski because even though Billy Crystal was sort of blotted out, like, you couldn't really see his little tiny character in the corner, he was still so excited. Every time that he was on, yeah. <laughs> Every time, right? So he 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 never viewed it as the negative. I thought that was very revealing of his character. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have some opinions about that, but I'll wait till later to talk about it. <laughs> um, so yeah, the commercial comes on. They get all excited. Mike is blocked out by the logo, which is funny, but he's really excited still. Um, so then they're on their way to work, and this is a great scene. They're they're walking to work. We meet a bunch of other monsters on the way. This is when we see the Hidden City Cafe in the background. Um, on their way to work, throughout their conversation, and they, like, show you, like, a newspaper stand, we, we find out that there's a scream shortage. 
So um, I think it says like rolling blackouts expected. So we know they need screams to, to you know, um, power the city. And we find out on their walk that there's actually a scream shortage. So their jobs are very important. Um, when they get to work, we meet even more interesting monsters. They're all saying hi to each other. This is when we learn that Sully is actually the top screamer at the company. <laughs> top screamer sounds like a funny title. Um, anyway, so, yeah. So he's been the top. Uh, oh, yeah. Scare. Sorry. For many months in a row. <laughs> Um, this is when we meet Celia, Mike's girlfriend with the snake hair. This she's voiced by Jennifer Tilly. Yes, that's Brian. Um, and then we get into the locker room and they're getting ready for work. And this is when we meet Randall Boggs, voiced by the great Steve Buscemi. Um, and he is the uh, villain of the movie. So this is when we learn, we find out that villain, you know, we're talking about, you know, we all the monsters seem very nice, but Randall's clearly got, you know, his own goals, his own motives in mind. Um, and he is out to break the scare record and beat Sully. So they're sort of, you know, scare rivals. Um, and fun fact, um, apparently John Goodman um, was the one who pushed for Steve Buscemi to be the voice of Randall. Oh, cool. I guess that this was actually their fourth film together. Um, and it was the first film they did together that wasn't directed by the Coen brothers. Ooh, more Coen, more secret Coen influence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Coen Pixar connections. Yeah. So um, I guess they were good friends, and John Goodman thought he'd be great for the role. So he's the one, hey, you guys should hire Steve Buscemi. And I love Steve Buscemi. I think he does a great job as randall so um he doesn't play a lot of like straight villains you know like even when he does like boardwalk you know it's sort of like an affable villain but he doesn't yeah. do like, a lot of straight uh, i mean i think of fargo I don't but know. He, even then he's like kind of affable like he doesn't you know like he's like kind of he's like yeah. the more friendly of the two i don't That's know probably true. you're right huh the other guy's the hard ass hmm. yeah well the thing that comes it's to mind cool. for me is the sopranos because we just watched that and this, this same, this. And, but he's also very affable in that. No, he's yeah, super, super, yeah, super. Yeah. He's trying to be good in that, <laughs> but right. he just can't be. But in this, um, he's like more of a goon, like because really okay. the genius is me, yeah, right? The whatever, <laughs> Mr. Water, water News, yeah, Water News. I mean, that's true though, because like what you're talking about is he plays comp really complex, redeeming characters, even though they do evil things in other shows and movies, or or he's in an Adam Sandler film with googly eyes. You know, it's so like he's he's that's funny. just playing a goon, like he's straight up goon squad. You know, he's super good in uh, Death of Stalin. Oh yeah. my god, so funny! Yeah, so good in that. So, um, other thoughts about our monsters walking to work sequence? Yeah, it's <laughs> like, it's like Armageddon when they're walking out. You know, it's like that slow. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, them together. Right. Right. Are you talking great. about when they walk through well, the city? Well, great, um, great transition Segment. into the next part, Byron. <laughs> um, so we're at work. Again, That we meet Randall in the locker room, and then they head over to the scare floor. But this next little part is when we meet the famous Roz. <laughs> Mike has to go get papers from her, or I forget why he has to go, but... He, he has to hi. sign papers. He didn't yeah. sign his papers from the day before. Yeah, so says, hi, Roz. You looking beautiful as always. And then we get the famous Mike Wazowski. <laughs> you forgot to file your funny. paperwork, Wazowski. <laughs> Who voiced that? 
Okay, so that is Bob Peterson, who okay. is one of the animators. And so similar to, we talked about this with Bugs Life, he, I don't, it's not the same guy, I don't think, but when they, when they do test runs of the animated scenes, the animators will be the voices. And right. he decided to do this weird, creepy old woman voice for Roz, and they were like, yep, that's going to happen. You're going to do the voice. So he's just one of the animators. Same thing happened in A Bug's Life with Heimlich. The, like, German voice guy mm. was just one of the animators, and they were like, cool, let's make Heimlich sound like that. So I remember as a kid Roz always being, like, super funny to make fun of for some reason. I feel like we were all walk around and like talk about the character Roz and be like, oh, Mike was out. It's funny you say that. Cause I remember everyone cracking up at her yeah. and never thinking she was as funny as other people thought she was. You didn't think she was as funny. Not really. It's a fun voice to do. Like I'll, yeah. it stops there it for me. <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> Mike is funny as hell. Love Mike. You know, it's funny. I remember them making, like I said, I feel like they show this on Disney Channel all the time and they'd have like commercials about my Monsters, Inc. And they would like show the Roz character a lot. Like they made a big deal out of it. Like they thought kids would think it was funny. And then watching it again this week, I was like, she's actually barely in this movie. She's such a small character, this Roz. And they like really tried to play her up. <laughs> yeah, She's a big part in the end. Yeah. Well, it's true. No, she does. And it, right. it, it makes sense when you know what when we find out about her at the end like why she's kind of just always watching you spoilers. Know? spoilers i wasn't that into that at the end so <laughs> okay <laughs> um so yeah we get it we get to the scare floor and they're all ready to scare children for the day and yeah this is yeah i was like what what movie is this apollo 13 or you said it's armageddon when they walk out all slow totally like armageddon yeah. yeah it's armageddon like the <laughs> And those two little, like, doofy characters are like, he's so awesome. I mean, it might be both movies, but yeah. I love them. <laughs> they actually I think it's also in Space Cowboys. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh okay, great. <laughs> probably, probably, probably. Can it remind me of, like, a sure. yeah. There's, there's oh, yeah, definitely James. sort of this sense, there's definitely this sort of sense of celebrity and, oh, you know, yeah. being the best and competing to be the best, which is Top kind gun. of ironic. Mm -hmm. Oh, Top Gun. <laughs> the best scaring children. Right. I mean, yeah, the more you think about it, the more it's like, is this sort of like a metaphor about like energy consumption and like the price that it costs, like all the oil wars and all the... Oh, totally. You know? It's, like, not, yeah. it's, it's like... And isn't there a better like, way to power like our world? And it's, That's exactly know. what it's about. It's literally yeah. about alternative energy. Right. There's better energy sources. Subversive message. There's Sunshine better smile. better energy that's actually stronger. It, we just have to change the whole system. But go. some people don't want to change the That's really system. skipping ahead, but sorry. <laughs> I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't hold it in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so this is um, when we get the great, I love the sequence when we, they like, you know, get all the doors in, the, the you know, they got, I, I don't know what Mike's job title is. They don't really ever say, right? But like Sully's a scare and Mike is his like scare like handler. <laughs> yeah. Because like yeah. when 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 like he died or like, you know, we'll get to like when he has to like cover for himself and Sully or when Sully covered for him <laughs> covers for him with his girlfriend to go on the date. And he's like, yo, file this and file that. So he's like, you know, he's the manager. Yeah. Yeah. So it's cool because each scare has their own little manager guy and it's really funny. They did a good job of portraying like 
all these big, which comes in at the end. They've got all these like big kind of scarier looking monster scares and then all the little wimpy little monsters are the managers. Yeah. <laughs> Almost all of them have one eye, right? Yeah. Or, or like small tentacle eyes. Or like more yeah, they're definitely too, smaller. Yeah. Well, there's that one monster with like all the crazy eyes. French eyes, yeah. The shifty but eyes. But they're like put in, right? You're talking about the prosthetic that's eye monster? That's a scary monster that does. Oh, no, that's oh, a scary. Oh. No, no, no. Scary. Right, right. But they're the all like The guy with the eyes that are red. like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, you're right. They're all I green did. or red, and they all have like like uh, like cyclops eyes. Like even mm. if they have a lot of them, mm. they're on tentacles or there's just one on their head. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That was like Is a thing, true? like because I watched this with Raúl, and he was saying that there seems to be a correlation with personality in their eyes, like the type of eye they have, how many they have, like the ones with one eye or like the tentacle eyes are all the subservient, less popular, less cool ones. Yeah. And the ones that have more human eyes are the cool ones. But that's not always true. It's not you always know, true. I did read something about when they were trying to figure out what to make Sully look like. They actually wanted him to have... What was it? Like... Gosh, I can't remember now. They wanted him to have like a like tentacles. And that was it. They wanted Sully to be like a tentacle monster. And then they were like, well... Would Boo really want to like warm up to a tentacle monster? Probably not. She wants to warm up to the kitty teddy yeah. bear monster. <laughs> so they like totally changed the way Sully looked. Well, and, and they then, match her to Randall, right? That's what she's going to be most scared of. Yes. Yeah. So they have That's to make point. him the opposite. And they also originally were going to have Mike Wazowski not have any arms. <laughs> he was just going to be a little like eyeball. Like a snake. Yeah. He was just going to be a little ball with an eye and and legs and no arms. And then they were like, well, I feel like, like people... BB-8? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? Well, and then they were like, well, legs. people probably won't really relate to him if he doesn't look somewhat human. And I think they made the right call on both ends <laughs> for both months. Well, yeah. Now I've definitely can... seen people that look like him. <laughs> was <Wazowski? laughs> Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. <laughs> um... <laughs> So yeah, like a ball with like tiny little arms. Yeah, just you know, bowling ball and you know, they're, okay. oh, there's, there's appendages. That's, I uh, feel like I definitely had a dream as a kid about some like thing following me around school with no arms. Anyways, oh. <laughs> that brought back a weird memory. <laughs> yeah, it sure did. <laughs> this is the Freudian segment. <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, what's your favorite dream you had? Yeah, that so, scared the <laughs> shit out of you. <laughs> we meet all the monsters. Um, we see them go in, scare all the kids. Um, Randall and Sully are battling it out. Sully, or Randall passes Sully for like a hot hot minute, like hot second actually. And then Sully scares, gets like a ton of screams. And he comes out and he's like, slumber party. <laughs> yeah, scaring a bunch of girls. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scaring a bunch of those little girls. Um, and then this is when... One of the monsters comes out crying, saying, like, he didn't, he wasn't scared of me, like, all upset. And so this is when we find out that when that happens, they shred the doors. And Mr. Waternoose comes out, and he says, this is our, like, fifth, I don't remember the number, but this is the fifth door we've shredded this month. Like, right. and this, this oh. is when we find out that Waternoose is, like, kids just don't get scared the way they used to. Like, kids these days. Um, so that's a pretty important little part. And then that Kelly, one monster, excuse Kelly, excuse me. Did 
did Waterdeuce ever explain why kids didn't get scared? I mean, that could be a comment on the culture. Was it because they saw too many monsters in movies? Was it because they were growing up too fast? I mean, was there any sort of preposition as to why they might not be scared? I don't really think he says anything specific, but I feel like they make us they believe that. There's the one There's scene. a scene. There's a scene with a kid watching TV. Right. He's like watching TV like all dead eyes. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, like I think it's the yeah. robot, too. It's, it's the robot it's the they use in the test. Isn't it on okay. the news or the, the commercial? commercial? They're like, kids these days are so desensitized or whatever. Yeah, like, you're right. They do say like that. They're explaining the why there's a shortage, right? Like right. in the news. Yeah. Like, we have to work harder than ever. Yeah. yeah. Exxon Mobil. <laughs> the um, scream spill. So, so, yeah, we find out that the kids aren't being scared. They shred the doors. And then this is the big important moment when that scared monster, George, comes out of the door and is like, I'm feeling really good today, like walking. And then he, he has a sock on his back. And what does the guy yell? Like, code 2319 yeah and then this is when we meet the cda and they come in chaos ensues yeah did anybody else think that their voices and their whole radio chitter chat is exactly star wars okay Oh, it's E.T.? E.T.'s a good The guys in the suits in E.T. too. Oh, yeah. I totally see that. That's, That's good. I love how yeah. like they all have different like arms. Like All the yeah. suits are like arms. So like, the different yeah. numbers of I, eyes. Or the whatever. one guy that has like two eyes sticking out of his head and then the eyes look yeah. at each other at like one part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. Classic. Love with like with the sock, the way they end up destroying the sock, like by putting yeah. that thing <laughs> over it. And, I, yeah. like, Jimmy's been talking about that bomb since this movie came out and how much he loves I, it. So every time I see it, I think about you. Love it, dude. It's so cool. <laughs> like somebody had to think of that. How do they dispose of it? And like I don't just know. that it's like yeah, yeah, the way it's anime all realistic. <laughs> like that's some real military looking shit. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, like, probably how they actually, what they do with, like, real bombs and shit, like, in a way. I don't know. No, I don't know if they blow up bombs, but. I think that they do. Sometimes. Yeah. They I mean, they contain them. They would never blow them up in where they were found. Yeah. And is there, like, a shield that they put over it? it yeah, like, they screw it into the ground. Yeah, no. That's Sometimes cool. they'll dig under it, take part of the earth with it, and then they'll go dispose of it wherever their bomb safety range is. Yeah, but anyway, back um, to monsters. <laughs> just to say, I think the whole the whole idea about hazmat suits and protecting yourself and something dangerous was, you know, kind of new the year this movie came out. This was oh. sort of a new phenomenon. We were seeing it on the news. And that we're exploring now. I don't think so because it's just exactly like the guys in ET. <laughs> ET is the closest thing that I can think of. Um, yeah, yeah. The audio though is like, or the, even back the to the future, the kind of. The audio is like that pro. Yeah, what do you mean back to the future? Sorry, he's wearing that like hazmat suit. He wears the suit and he gets in the car and he goes back in time. Because he looks like an alien to the people in the past. Oh, is it a beekeeping suit? Yeah, but when he goes back (laughs) in the 50s and he gets out of (laughs) the car in the barn, the family's like, ah, monster, alien, because the kid's like reading a book. Anyways. Okay, let's, we're not talking about back to the future. (laughs) 
I just want to say that they use the audio from Empire Strikes Back, the probe on Haas. That's like totally sampled from Empire Strikes Back. Interesting. Yep, I picked that up too. Well, they love Star Wars, these creators. I know. So like it seems seems like we're always looking for those little eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, Easter. All right. Are we ready to move on? Yes. Move it. Um, All right. So... Yes, the CDA comes in, they blow up the sock, poor George gets all, you know, stripped down. Poor guy. Or what's the word? Not stripped. Um, shaved. 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 Yep. Shave, <laughs> um, so yeah. it was a very eventful day of work. The work day is over. Um, on their way out, Mike wants to meet up with Celia for her big birthday dinner date. Um, and this is when Ross is like, hey, Mike, you got to turn it. Mike, you didn't turn in your paperwork. Um, but he can't because he needs to you go to the fancy. It's not, it's yeah, not, it's deeper. I know I can't. I'm not a boy. Wazowski. Wazowski. Mike Wazowski. <laughs> Your Anyways, paperwork. I'm like the one person here, or that's like not an actor. So. <laughs> Got me that is day, That's day three of acting class. Yeah. By the way, you rise. Lesson three, Roz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it in the toolbox. So this is what section. <laughs> um, Byron referred to earlier. Sully want, is, offers to cover for Mike, so he goes back to the scare floor to try to file the paperwork. And Mike is like, you know, uh, put the blue one and the yellow. All I remember is he says, uh, "Save, leave the puce." <laughs> and on the way, yeah. Sully's like, "Oh, so that's puce." <laughs> I always thought that was funny. Anyway, so Sully's back on the scare floor, and he notices a random door. He's like, why is there a door here? He opens the door, and it's like, is anyone in here? Whatever. He closes the door, and then this is when we meet the adorable little Boo, who is voiced by a girl named Mary Gibbs. Apparently, Boo's real name is Mary, and they just named her after the girl Mary who voiced her. Is there a connection with the creator's daughter in that character? Um, I don't, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, that was like something I heard like back in the day. Uh, I haven't like researched it recently, but yeah, that does sound familiar, but I, yeah, like I said, I don't know if that's like truth or just like fan fiction. I don't know. Was there, was the name ever given in, uh, the, the baby sister in Toy Story? Molly. Yeah. Molly. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, fun fact about this was Mary Gibbs, the girl who voiced Boo, was so young that they like could not get her to stay in the sound booth and record her lines. Like she just couldn't do it. So they ended up just following her around the studio with a microphone and just recorded whatever she said. And that's what they just cut into the movie. <laughs> oh, I gotta say that makes sense. It does, I mean, right? The, it's so candid and so it's so real. adorable. The performance they get. I mean, it's not a performance. It's just her being a girl. Around. I mean, I'm sure they had it's to great. tell her, like, okay, you have to say Mike Wazowski and you have to say Kitty, probably. <laughs> yeah. But all the other things when she's like, I should know you know, so good. So good. That sound well, guy. Like, when she's was in so the bathroom pissed. is the cutest shit. Oh my God. It's oh, she's so just, cute. She's singing. Singing. I was waiting until we got there. I mean, and then she just says, like, oh, when he drives. Oh, and he's again. like, are you done in the there? Ah! My goodness. <laughs> Anyways, um, so yeah, we meet Boo. She sneaks out of her door. Um, after several failed attempts of Sally putting her back, um, 
Randall shows up with some scare bottles. Um, Sully hides. Um, Randall goes in the door, comes out without her. Clearly seems confused. I guess she's not there. Um, so this is when Sully realizes, like, something's up with Randall. This doesn't make sense. Um, oh, I skipped the part when Sully, like, falls into all her toys and they're, like, I don't know, the what's it called? Like, a mobile everything. He runs away to the mm-hmm. bathroom, tries to flush it down the toilet. Um, he ends up just stuffing it in a locker. And Such he a thinks, dumb panic move. Yeah. Sully's better You never flush stuff down the toilet. I mean, that never works out. <sighs> Yeah, um, monster toilets. Yeah, they don't know much about sewage. And well, yeah, I, know. I mean, where does that big like chicken man that they met on the street go to the bathroom? Or Ross? Or Ross? She just slimes it out. Yeah, I think it's a slime. <laughs> yeah, a slime sweat situation. You guys ever hear the shimmer? Slime sweat. All right. Wizards in Harry Potter would just shit on the floor and make it disappear. <laughs> Wait, what? what? Wait, say that, that again. Was, I don't no, think that, that was from like Muggleman or Pottermore or one of those. Bathroom, and somebody's like, wait a minute, what did the, all the wizards do forever before this? And this bitch got on Twitter and was like, oh, they would just do their business wherever they're standing and use a spell to make it disappear. <laughs> so she like, yeah. down, that fucking wizards are just shitting and then like, alakazam and it out of there. <laughs> Imagine like a post puke Alakazam. Yeah, for real. Just like, oh, just like, oh, oh, oh. Dragging, like okay, it's over. Yeah, that's, uh, it. <laughs> that's a good version of a boot and rally right there. Um, yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> he thinks he's in the clear, and he turns around to leave the locker room, and we see Boo is on his back. Then we hear him scream. Chaos is happening. So we know that Boo has snuck into town and Sully's trying to um he trying to, you know, help her get back to her door. Um Yeah. Any other thoughts about meeting Boo? So cute. In my memory sorry, didn't argue. In my memory, she's more cartoony than she really was in the movie. Um mm. it was just sort of like like the the whole um it was like a caricature of Pixar doing a baby, the way she looked in my memory. You know what I mean? Like almost like a big anime character, like like when Puss in Boots does the like sad face, you know, right. in uh, whatever that is, Shrek the Third. That's how I kind of thought it was all the time, but it's definitely more realistic than that. Yeah, super much. I definitely did have a thought, like when they have like there's like a close up of her when they're in the apartment and she's like about to start crying. I was like, you can tell it's older computer animation, but yeah. it's such a higher level of like girl face than Toy Story yeah. and Sid's sister. Like it's such a higher level. They all have better faces, but Boo especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially the way they make her seem like such a little girl. And part of that has to do with what I said earlier, the voice performance that they managed to capture however they did. But yeah, just the animation too. So well executed. And it is sort of overly cute a little bit, but not too much. Like you were saying to Mm -hmm. that point of being like an anime. I honestly feel like now that I'm older and like closer to possibly having my own kids, she was even more adorable (laughs) to me. Yeah, Yeah, I got really sad for her a lot. Yeah. I mean, that scene. Randall came around and stuff. Yeah. The scene where they first take her to their apartment it's just like where you really kind of get to meet her like i mean you meet her when it's like look at like when my when uh Sully first interacts with her you meet her and like you're like wow she's so cute but like at the apartment you really get to 
kind of know her and she seems the most real in that moment. I think it's why it's one of my favorite scenes. Like, yeah. I mean, she's like, uh, what happens? She's just like, she's oh, she breaks the TV to start it and they're all scared. And then somehow she gets hurt or something and she starts to no, cry. She, okay, so we're basically to that scene. I can just quickly say oh, that um, after Boo gets out, we go to the restaurant because Sully doesn't know what else to do. He, he puts her in that bag goes to the restaurant, interrupts Mike's date with Celia and is like, what do I do? She got out. She causes the mayhem scene at the restaurant. Um, everyone's like taken captive. They escape and they have the big like force fields <laughs> over the sushi restaurant. Celia's super pissed. And then we're back to the apartment. And yes, she's adorable. This is when we meet her. Yeah. So she gets upset because she grabs Mike Wazowski's like teddy bear. And Mike grabs it away from her, like, no, you can't have that. And that's when she goes, mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> she right. Gets she a wants the little doll. The teddy bear. <laughs> yeah. Another um, thing about her being cute is that they set you up to make her be cuter by giving you only an, the only other version of a human is like a robot. Right. So, you know, yeah. she looks more human because the last human you saw looked like a robot. But the yeah. little monster kids are also very cute. Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. They are. <laughs> I yeah. think I <laughs> what I was going to say, Kelly, is what part of what makes her human is she, she just doesn't do what she's told. You know, she has an independent spirit and she runs around and does just has her follows her instincts. I mean, even as little as she is. So that's kind of sweet and kind of a comment about humans not being controlled by others or trying not to be. Mm-hmm. I um, just think it's the pigtails. <laughs> and the bang. <laughs> it's the pigtails. But she's, but she's cute in the little costume. Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. Talk yeah. about a great baby costume. Yeah. That's what Dot should be. We were, we've been trying to figure <laughs> out our Halloween costumes, and then oh, today gosh. I finally was like, how about I be Celia and you be Mike Wazowski and then Dot can be Boo as a little baby monster. I'd love to be Mike. You gotta find like the purple. Or she could be one of your Medusa snakes. That's true. Medusa. Anyways, Halloween's not even happening this year. I've been so many times. Yeah, so we're, uh, <laughs> we're in their apartment. Um, I mean, yeah, just when she's, it's, like, all sleepy and stuff. Like, there's a gif of that, like, her being all sleepy yeah. before she falls asleep. I love it. <laughs> like, it's so great. And then, like, Sully's trying to put her to sleep. She's, like, in the bed, and he's like, no. And she's all like, yay, I'm in the bed. <laughs> so good. Um, I, I was going to say that I feel like the important, although the scene is very cute, it's got the chaos, the CDA is, like, shining a light in their apartment, she's crying, she causes, like, and, then she, and then she laughs, and yeah. then she causes, like, all the lights to burst. Anyways, I think the important part of this scene is uh, that... Anyway, that's, like, a huge part of... Yeah, well, it's a huge uh, part. Mm, I know. Uh, I love uh, that. Yeah. Okay, so, well, yeah, sorry, but I was... My main point I'm trying to make is that this is when it's very clear that the kids aren't actually dangerous. And one yeah. touch of a kid is not going to kill you. She's touching all over him. She sneezes on Mike Wazowski's eye, like... It's very clear, and I and obviously Sully is figuring out. Mike is in his own world of just like this is insane. I can't deal with this right now. But Sully realizes like she's just a little kid. Like she's fine. And yes, we again. Re- I, is this the first time that we realize 
laughter does anything. Yeah. 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 Every time and she laughs, you. does something, but they yeah. don't realize it. Mike but tries she, to it also happens laugh. when it happens when she screams too. When she starts mm-hmm. crying, there's like a little surge. So yeah. that we're supposed to like watch that. And then when she laughs, it's a bunch yeah, it's of like stuff. it lights up the whole right. building of the whole yeah. block. Okay. I yeah. just wasn't sure if this was the first time she laughs at all. Well, you know, I want to yeah. point this out, like, because I might forget later that like, you know, Mike makes her laugh in this moment and late, like throughout the movie by doing something really slapstick funny. And most of yeah. the time it is kind of funny, you know, even I'll chuckle at it. But there's a lot of slapstick in this movie. Which is the, also pain, right? It's also pain. Sure, slapstick is pain. I mean, if you want to go there, I'll go with you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. That's a, that's a rabbit hole, but yeah, shit, we are. I'm just, I think it's funny that like Mike's way of making her laugh all the time is like a slapstick joke. And the movie is full of other slapstick jokes and it's making the audience, the real audience watch it. Well, it's, it's, like, like, they're, it's meta, like they're a vaudevillian like duo. Oh gosh, I love those yeah. bits, especially the one after that. We'll get there, but anyway, they're like Stan, like uh, Stan and Ollie, whatever their last names are. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yes, and like so, one's like the big bumbling tickly, and then the other one's like funny, and hey, I go, oh, I'm the smart guy. You see, like yeah. Penn and Teller, like the little guy always gets hurt. You know, like right. ha ha ha. They need cares? each other because shot. there's the brain and the muscle. Or the well, brain. how much of that do you think? And I was thinking this watching it. I didn't really look it look this up, but do you think any of those like specific slapstick things was? Was improv at all by Billy Crystal? Or you think it was all mostly scripted? Well, not the slapstick where he he mm-hmm. like trips and falls and a bunch of books oh, can no. fall in his but mouth. But like his little lines, like yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we yeah. haven't gotten there, but there's for sure stuff that's like yeah. Billy Crystal yeah. just riffing. Yeah, um, yeah and I think that is. he got such a sense of what that character is going to do visually, like what can it be do, and like yeah. his voice just he just went with it. Right. Um, because that's how he is. Like he's an improv funny man. Like mm-hmm. yeah. how he is. Especially then. That was like his prime. He was a big, big star. I think after uh Robin Williams did the genie, like people just like approached it differently. Like it yeah. just is like let's make you the and the character sort of one or like I don't yeah. know, like an alchemy of like the star and the character. Like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um all right. Let's let's move on, I think. Um, so, yeah, she goes to sleep in his bed. Super adorable. He's like, okay, fine. Sleep in my bed. Tries to leave. And she's all freaked out, points at the closet, shows him the picture of Randall. And so this is when Sully's like, oh, yeah, Randall's your monster. You're terrified of Randall. Like, Randall's very suspicious. Um, and he's like, dude, Mike, we got to get this girl back. We just got to send her home. And he's like, you just expect us to waltz right up to walk into Monsters, Inc., no notice. And so then we're cut to them sneaking her in with her cute little monster um, outfit, which they made out of his chair. Yeah. <laughs> funny little thing. Um, they're like, everything's fine. They go in. It's full of CDA agents. Um, Boo's running around. She runs up to Mr. Waternoose. I think it's very interesting, too, that Boo is clearly not afraid of any monster except yeah. Randall. And I think that maybe she wouldn't have been scared of Randall, but that goes, and we find out later that he's clearly like torturing her, like being very, yeah. very bad. <laughs> um, so well, he has to to keep up with Sully. He's right. just trying to get screens. Yeah. So is he causing? I mean, yeah. he's bad. 
Don't you think it's partly just because Randall's so frightening that he can go invisible? He's like this chameleon that can just hide. And what? so it's already established that he's so scary. Well, and he clearly has, out of all the monsters, they make it very clear that all the monsters are just like, hey, buddy, good to see you, just like living their monster lives. And he, when we first meet him, he's the only monster when we first meet him that's like scaring him. Like, yeah, hey, what are we going <laughs> to well, he's mean to other monsters, and the other monsters aren't mean to each other. Yeah, there you go. Like, There's, that's you know, yeah. succinctly whatever. But, like, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> he's mean to his assistant. He accepts only that he's the best, even when the best, like, reaches his hand out and says, may the best monster win. Like, there's no graciousness about his character at all. No. Um, so they sneak Boo in. And they go to the bathroom. Mike is like, okay, I'm going to go see Roz. I got to try to, like, see if I can get her door key. So Sully and Boo are in the bathroom. And this is when we get the adorable scene of Boo going to the restroom and singing her little oh song. Oh, my gosh, I know. What is the song? I, I wish I could remember. Uh, I don't know if it's even a real tune, because it doesn't matter. It just sounds or like one of those like... little songs that little girls or boys <laughs> sing to themselves. Is it improvised? Is it improv? Well, like I said, the, the fact sheet said that they followed her around with a microphone. So I find it, it's very easy to believe one day she was just singing. I yeah, I doubt, yeah, I doubt that was in the script. Like, yeah. That was just like, oh my God, she's singing and it's so yeah. cute. Record, oh like, God. we're going to oh record God. this. Exactly. It was a gold, a gold nugget and they use it in the, mus- in the movie beautifully. Because I was Which like, is a, why it's so I don't cool. know so for a willingness fact, to do that. <laughs> I don't know for a fact that I did that as a youngster, but I feel like I probably did. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I just it just resonates as so real to me um, in the best kind of Pixar kind of way yeah but they're willing to like not just stick to a script and if something's better they'll use it oh no well, I mean yeah, that no. too well, I, I know I didn't yeah. mean to demean your childhood you know I get no no but no I'm just I'm saying just that saying, moment the, yeah. the, yes the decision well, I, to I, use I, it I, in the movie was genius that's, a, that's my point sorry go on I can speak to this as the only parent in this marvelous group of us that children do sit on the potty and sing or talk or whatever, you know, so it was absolutely adorable because it rings true. And I think that was definitely an homage to all the parents watching. And of course, standing outside the stall, hoping they hurry up, and they got to sing their little song. I mean, all of that just brought such endearment to um, Boo, That's but also the true frustration of a parent. Come on, come on. <laughs> the beginning of them bonding as a little team. Like, because, you know, my, like, Mike has a special relationship with Boo, but Sully, you know, they really, you know, become... A little duo and it's like those are the little things that get you to that with an adult and a child definitely because he even like barges in <laughs> he's like yeah. oh you're done yeah, oh well before that he's like come on are you done and then she screams yeah. at him <laughs> yeah. so while they're in the bathroom she flushes the toilet then she's gone sully's like oh no and then she they're just playing hide and seek whatever um Mike is unsuccessful getting the key. He comes back. He's like, what are you doing? Playing hide and seek. You lost the kid. She shows up. Randall comes into the bathroom. So they hide in a stall. And this is when they finally hear 
like Sully's already been suspicious of Randall, but like this, like for sure is like, they hear his conversation about, we got to find the kid. This is when they're like, hear him talking about some sort of machine. They're like, what's up with that? He's talking to his little assistant. His assistant is named Jeff Fungus and he is voiced by Frank Oz. Oh, which is interesting. I remember this scene as a kid was so stressful when he's like banging on all the doors and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) It was so stressful. And then he finally like bangs the one they're in, but he's not looking dude. Mm -hmm. Like as an adult now, I know what's going to happen. I like have almost no emotions about it, but like as a kid, like that shit stressed me the fuck out. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Randall was actually pretty scary as a kid. Now that I think about it, like in that scene too, like Randall scared me, I think as well. Um, any other thoughts about the, our bathroom scene? Well, I definitely view that as a classic cinematic tension. You know, they're going to open the door and find them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many movies are they almost discovered? Every so uh, I, I understand your tension as a child. I mean, I even felt it as an adult watching, but there was, you know, as an adult, I kind of knew they're not going to be, something's going to happen. They're, they'll be okay. But um, I think for kids, you know, that would be scary. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Um, so, so Randall leaves and Mike says he got Boo's door key, which he didn't, but they head back to the scare floor he swipes the key. They're like, boo, like, great knowing you. You know, go back home safely. And the door that shows up is in Boo's. And Sully goes, Mike, what is this? That's not Boo's door. And this is the first time in the movie that they call her Boo. This is the first time Sully actually says boo. Mm. Um, and Mike gets all upset. He's like, you don't name it. <laughs> you name it, you get attached to it. Like, just like a dog. <laughs> Um, and this is a great scene. I, Grace, you were singing earlier, like when they start yelling at each other and everyone's staring at them and it's like, you get her right now or so help me. And they're like, like oh. oh, we're, uh, we're practicing a, a musical. It's yeah. <laughs> called, uh, put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Put that thing back where it came from or so help me. Boom, 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 boom. And cut. So help me, so help me, so help me, and cut. <laughs> like, that was definitely, in, I, I mean, it was. I say that, like, I honestly, feel, I feel like this movie is, like, close to a Broadway musical in terms of, like, its structure and the characters. Like, it, it like, Billy Crystal, I think, really brings that home, too. Like, like so Broadway. Like, yeah. it's, it has a totally, like, theatrical. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, just, it just, it is very musical-y, I agree. Monsters Inc. the musical, 2024, maybe. Don't put it past them. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, they haven't made any Pixar movie a musical. They're making making this a Frozen's not Pixar. Well, it's a fucking Disney movie. Well, there's a ton of Disney Broadway musicals, but I don't think there's a Pixar one. Right? Uh, I don't know if there's any. I don't think so. Shrek. No, that's DreamWorks. Never mind. <laughs> oh, they did do a Shrek the Musical. That's so yeah. dumb. Shrek isn't Disney. It's no, not. It's actually fun. 
<laughs> yeah, people Didn't like it. Too, Shrek so? the Musical is a very good show. Well, it's is it really like good. original songs, or did they just sing all the pop songs from the no. movie? No, it's a oh, it's, story, yeah. like by Janine Story. We wrote thoroughly. Wait, movie. Brian, I can't hear you. Can you say again, Brian? Was it a little bit of both? Were there some originals? By Janine Tesori, and she wrote the um, the score. She wrote Thoroughly Modern Mind. Hmm. So there are original songs. It's not just all these the covers. No, yeah, yeah, the whole. It's basically the whole thing, like yeah. fart fart songs and stuff like that. Fart songs. <laughs> <laughs> There's like all sorts of like <laughs> fart songs. For example, <laughs> so. there are though. I'm not a big fan original. of original. There's all sorts of fart songs. <laughs> uh, original farts. <laughs> melodies um isn't there i mean i i think i thought we were going to get to this later but they're doing a show of monster sync in 2021 like a cartoon network show oh okay really yeah i, I mean i was reading about this and so they're trying to revive it i said is it on disney plus i think it's gonna be it's 2021 is the release but it's it said 2021 the thing i read all right guys let's move on um so yeah they start making up this musical boo runs away um randall confronts mike like what do you think about that kid whatever mike is tries to get away and randall sees the newspaper um of the sushi restaurant night and he sees mike in the newspaper so this is when randall's like okay mike mike's involved i gotta get him figure out where this kid is because i gotta put her back Sully's still chasing after Boo. She runs into the hallway and jumps in a trash can. And Sully's stopped by some CDH agents. We think he's going to get in trouble, but they just asked for an autograph. So while he's all distracted with that, he thinks Boo gets thrown into the trash dump. And we get this super silly scene of Sully, like, thinking she's being crushed a million times by this trash compactor. I always um, feel like that scene is like a little bit extraneous. Like dude, if there's one app you can make to the movie. Clowny. Extraneous yeah. is the like proper word, but extra is the word yeah. <laughs> that it's like the modern. But like, I won't say that I love issue. it. I love it. I've always loved it. <laughs> yeah. Which is also Me another too, right? Star Kelly, Wars I reference. I told you that earlier that I love that scene because yeah. I could believe Sully's disappointment, you know, and worry and everything, even though there was a part of me that knew she could, she must have been safe, but I didn't know where she was. She could have been kidnapped by Randall by then. I didn't know what. And so it was a very tense moment when I know she wasn't in the trash compactor, you know, pressed to a piece of ash, but I didn't really know where she was exactly. And I really felt compassion for Sully. I, I actually like that scene. I liked the tension because in films, that's what you want to have. There's some tension, then the release, then the comedy, then the tragedy. I mean, all of the things that we go through, especially in this movie, are important to this full range of emotions that we want to experience in, as an audience and that was uh, that was that was that was a good one for me. Good example. Yeah, it's super. Like, talk about like silly. I mean, it's not necessarily slapstick comedy, but it's yeah, like 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 super silly little kid kind of humor in that whole scene. 
And while the whole time we, this is when Boo runs into the monster bait kids, Grace, the cute little monster kids. Oh yeah. Which are they just like being babysat? Like they don't even make it clear why those kids are even there. Like a work daycare. Yeah. I'm assuming that's what it is. is, But she, they're like, Oh, what's your name? And she goes, Mike Wazowski. And then they're all just walking down the hallway going, Mike Wazowski. I I think that has to be the best quote of the whole movie. So fucking cute. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, especially later it happens. I don't want to jump ahead, but... Uh, it's so cute. <laughs> anyway. It's really they cute. Like, they say it later. <laughs> it's yeah. really cute because children do that. They repeat names yeah. over and over and over. And they'll give that name to their dog, their goldfish, you know, the, st- the star in the sky, the bird. I mean, it's so darling because it's so very childish, sweet, and innocent, which, of course, I mean, they have to completely continue to reiterate, is that about children? Right. Um, which is so- mostly for adults, we think. Yeah, I think so, especially about, like, you know, mm-hmm. his decision to love Boo over his friend. And, like, I don't mean to jump ahead, but, like, it's all, I think, a lot about, like, the decision to be a a parent and prioritize, like, someone else's well-being over your own. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to, like, put myself in, like, a, you know, 10 to 13-year-old mind. How How did we or they react to all the cutesy stuff? That's what I was trying to think about. We loved it. I did. Yeah. But like in a sense that like oh they're younger and that's cute like you're old enough to know things you feel old enough to like know things about the world and so knowing that Boo is cute and childlike you're still older than her you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean I think about it just teaching like sixth graders that have like kindergarten siblings like what do they think about their little kid sibling and I think it's just like pretty similar to what we see you know like they don't have the concept really how deep life is or like you know all this stuff but they just see the cute stuff that we see and you know so yeah for i think yeah i think kids appreciate the cuteness i did but i was in seventh grade so i don't know how it is for like a fourth grader seeing it who might want edgier or older seeming humor i don't know you think fourth graders want edgier yeah i did (laughs) Well, yeah. they, they think they do they yeah, think they, they do yeah they do they want they want uh, uh i made a mission jurassic out of park. sugar cubes and i'm edgy yeah yeah dude jurassic park dude that's what fourth graders want fucking robocop and terminator like all the gory <laughs> yeah just like whoa have you seen this like oh my yeah. gosh anything with decapitation probably even marvel to fourth anything graders is like they're not allowed to watch it we're in sixth grade when this came out i just have to think out oh seventh i was in yeah. oh you were in sixth grade this came out in november of 2001 yeah, so i was in fourth grade what Anyways, um, so yeah, trash compactor scene, very stressful. Um, Sully gets this little cube and her little eyeball thing's poking out. Mike finally catches back up with him. They think she's dead, which is like crazy. Like, oh my God, she's dead. And then he's like, I can still hear her. 
And Mike's like, oh, I can hear her too. And we just hear Mike Wazowski, Mike Wazowski. And he's like, how many kids you got in there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that. Was, that was yeah. funny. Um, and then Boosh shows back up. So everything's fine. <laughs> Crisis averted. Well, yeah. And then like one of the little kids is like, Mike Wazowski to Mike. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah kid. Okay, thanks. Or something like that. And then he like bites, <laughs> bites his hand. And yeah. then they all start laughing. Yeah. And Boo starts laughing. Boo. And then all the lights the burst again. Burst, yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> that little, like, slimy slug. <laughs> yeah, 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 kid. <laughs> yeah, 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 kid. Anyway, I don't <laughs> remember what he says. It's like, just like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that moment is always funny to me. Um, so they are like, okay, great. We're all back together. When they grab Boo, um, they head back to the scare floor. Her door is there. And Mike mentioned something about like, yeah, I made a deal with Randall. He helped me get her door. And Solly's like, uh, I'm not putting door, uh, boo through that door. If you made a deal with Randall, like he's got something going on. I don't trust him. Mike is like, it's fine. So he just gets in, jumps on her bed. And then Randall comes out of the shadows and kidnaps Mike. Well, you don't know who at first, but anyway. Well, we find out very quickly. It's Randall. The immediate (laughs) next scene you find out. You mean immediately after we find out it's Randall. Yes. (laughs) Just try to be thorough. (laughs) (laughs) um he puts mike in a box in that um whatever like the containers we find out it's like a fake container box thing um sully is hiding with boo randall like hears him it's all stressful but then everyone shows back up from lunch and so randall leaves they follow him down a hallway and boo somehow figures out how to open the secret passageway um and then this is when we find out about the scream extractor and what their real evil plan is. Right. Horrifying. So that's, that's where it's yeah. like, okay, they are trying so to horrifying. That's Yeah, like, bad. oh, so he's torturing children. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. Ooh, okay. Boo, he's torturing Boo. Wanted to. Well, he's like, you know, it's interesting because Oh, I just thought of this. So do you think Boo knew how to get there? Like, do you think he'd already been using this on her? And she knew, like, where the secret door was? Maybe. She did move the tool right away. Because I, I never thought about that till immediately. Because I was like, well, That's why? possible. I could see that. Well, because I was like, I, why is Boo so scared of Randall? Like, what could he be doing yeah. in her room besides just being super scary to it's her? It's just because he's yeah. her monster. She I has never aversion to, were, like... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was saying, she probably... She has an aversion to, like, reptilian creatures like Randall. But, like, furry bear-type creatures like Sully, like, don't bother her. She just doesn't like the reptile thing. I know all kinds of people who say this. Like, they don't like reptiles. I mean, I don't like reptiles. A, yeah, exactly. Jacob Randall's loves reptiles. I don't feel really that into it. <laughs> yeah. Reptiles are cool, dude. They are. Get with the oh, your so monster would have been Daniel, Sully. You gotta go to a reptile convention with me oh. and Jacob. I, I do think, though, back to get it where we were, um, that it felt very much like uh, she was going to be the first child in the experiment because oh, there were so many kinks and crappy things happening with the machine. Totally. I don't think it didn't strike me that she had been there already. I think that it was convenient to move the story along that she was like finding things quickly. She's always been kind of quick. Maybe children have like more powers in the monster world. Because like she was jumping all over the place when she first came there, which normal kids can't do. So I, I didn't get that. That's an interesting theory. What I didn't get. I think it was just sort of cartoon license, right? And that's what I think also is what's happening where she like knows where things are, what it seems like. I don't think we can apply that because before it was 
the license was taken all the time. I do like the idea, though, that little kids have extra powers in the monster world. True. I mean, I think I re- that's a fun when, theory. I first, <laughs> when I first rewatched this, I was like, how can she move so fast? Like, how is that possible? He's fast. Like, he's fast for a big thing, like with his workouts and stuff. Like, how is she like on his back before he knows it? Like, you know, but I think you're I think you're right, Jimmy, that it's just cartoon Nina's. I don't yeah. think that it, that, you know, she's that humans are Superman on monster planet. If they were to ever insinuate that though, in like a sequel or a, a animated series or whatever, you know, it would make <laughs> sense. Buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like For their sure. laughter alone powers the whole thing. So yeah. yeah. So we're taken to this room in the secret hallway. We find, we are introduced to the scream extractor and Randall puts Mike or he throws Mike in the seat thinking it's going to be boo, but it's like, he's like, what are you doing here? And I, love this part when he's like what do you do what does he say what are you doing here creighton he's like first of all it's creighton if you're gonna insult me do it properly yeah <laughs> or something. it's okay i feel like billy crystal sort of gets funnier and funnier throughout the movie or oh, Mike, yeah. Mike yeah. no i think he totally does he's just like yeah. um excuse me anyways i always thought that line was funny um well then <laughs> he's he's i don't know he says something about like oh you're gonna like you're trying to cheat or something to win the scare the top scarer and then, like, uh, Randall, like, laughs, like, oh, ha, 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 you think this is about getting the top scarer position or something? And then Mike's, about like... revolutionizing Monsters, Inc.? Like, it's... Well, yeah, but when he says, No, like, but Mike is, you, like, well, like, he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Cheating, I, I did right. until you laughed like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that <laughs> like funny, a, yeah. But now I'm thinking it's something else. <laughs> it's um, great little... Like, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah. So yeah, he's gonna use it on Mike, um, but then Sully comes in with Boo and saves Mike. They run to the simulation room. Um, and Water News earlier had been like, Sully, come to the training, like help these like newbie kids like learn how to be scared. So they run in and Water News is like, Great, Sully, you're here. Demonstrate how to scare these kids to everyone. And he's like, I can't. I like, I'm really busy. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. and then he's like, just do it. And then Sully lets out this huge scream, and Boo is terrified. Yeah, I feel like. Go ahead. I will say, like you got, you guys have talked a lot about Boo, but that moment when she gets scared for me was the first time that I really connected with her, yeah. mm-hmm. and like saw. I was like, oh shit, like this is a human and like, cause she's so car- cartoony for me. Yeah, like mom pointed out, she's so gregarious throughout most of the beginning of the movie. She's so brave and just like, ah, I'm not scared of anything. And it may be because like you guys are saying, like she's been in the monster world before or whatever. But yeah, in that moment. Or she's just a spoiled little kid. Sure. Yeah. She's got summer. Like, she's got spunk though. She's a spunky yeah. little girl. Spoiled little kid. She's been kidnapped for hours and nobody knows. But it's all during the nighttime when they just think she's sleeping. Why is it always nighttime when you go into a closet from Monster World? Because that's when they're asleep and you know they're going to be there. And they're going to be most startled Uh because they're sleeping. That's like parents. Like the features of the like the door. The word. Okay, I guess that would make sense. That's a good question though. Like, how does the door magic work? Like, who invented the doors? Not important. Which came first, the door or the monster? 
the monsters probably. And then, you know, back in their quote unquote caveman days, you know, and then they slowly revolutionized. They had their own industrial revolution. <laughs> Someone invented the door magic thing. Cthulhu. Cthulhu invented the door magic, and that's yeah, how where monsters is, have been terrorizing the human world. Ever where since. is Monstropolis, and how did they get there? Is it like a dimensional thing? The doors are like dimensional portals, right? That makes yeah. sense. I yeah. think they referred to it. I Angry. was like kind of wondering if they like there was any language about it in the movie. And at one point, they say something like the human world. They they specifically say the human world. Yeah. So I don't know if I've heard many other things. If they refer to it as another dimension or whatever, I think. All that they say that I noticed was the human world, quote unquote. So, don't they banish them to the human world or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, can adults context. can adults even see them? Is that a concern? Um, that is not brought up. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just saying, like, because so, like, when they start, they have that like uh, line on Earth that it's the Eastern Seaboard, right? Like, that's where they start. And yeah. that's where it's nighttime or bedtime for kids. It's like 9.06 or something. But at 9.06, there's a lot of kids that can't sleep and mom and dad are reading them something. How do they know that? Is there like a, a um, feed of some kind? Like, I don't know. Do you want the real answer? <laughs> <laughs> I was told you had it. You had the real answer. Well, let's just, let's just say it's not podcast friendly. And gotcha. We'll, I'll talk about gotcha. it after. Okay. Okay. Well, now we're okay. all intrigued. Yeah, well, you you have to be. Here we go. That's a That's separate a, podcast. Good one. Okay. All right. I think that means he doesn't have a good answer. Can't make my good content <laughs> drops on this. Oh. Okay. Tune Anyways. in, to, tune. Okay. <laughs> Kelly. Yeah. I just wanted. I just wanted to say that when I was a child, monsters were under the bed. Ah. They. Uh, the idea of a monster is in a closet somehow wasn't the prevalent idea or fear yeah i think a lot of people a lot of people have the fear of the closet though like even dom like has to have his all his doors closed when he goes to bed still like he can't have the doors to his and i'm the opposite i want everything open so i can see everything like everything open more i don't like my (laughs) closet door closed like who the fuck's behind that what the fuck like Dom has to have the closet door closed to go to Yeah, like he wants to see the monster come? Like, what does that mean? (laughs) No, he's just like, he locks... Okay. what? No, he has to close (laughs) the closet. Like, okay, our closets in our house are always open. And like, Mm -hmm. when they come and stay here, he like specifically multiple times has been like, I can't believe you leave your closets open and we'll like close the doors. Oh, well, that's just a tidy thing. That's not a monster. No, no, no. It's a it's a thing about going to bed. They've talked about it. <laughs> Anyways, I, I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. <laughs> it's not a big deal. No one knows who that is. <laughs> okay, let's move on though. Let's move on. So. Oh, you don't you don't really like Monsters Inc., right? No, let's not listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, Yes, Sully does his scare demonstration. Boo gets terrified. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry, Boo. He tries to save her. Then he has this pretty important moment, I feel like, where he looks up at, like, the monitors, and it's, like, frozen, and it's, like, his scary face, and then you can see her in the background, like, crying. And that's, I think, when Sully's like, I don't want to scare kids anymore. Like, this isn't cool. Like, why are we – she's being tortured by Randall. Like, I'm scaring her, and I care about her. Like, I feel like that's a pretty big turning point for Sully. 
Um, this is an important scene because it yeah. establishes that it's like clear that they know that like scaring is like bad for the kids and they know doing it on purpose. It's not like, well, like it's monsters nature to be this way, kids nature to be that way. It's like they right. know that like they're purposefully scaring kids to get them to scream and like they're on the same page with that. And it's important for establishing that. I think it's true. And you know, he's I, a cog in the machine that like, that, like does it. Right. right. Monsters never don't have anything. to be scary. It's not like an inherent thing in the nature of monsters. Right. That's also true. Like, um, uh, no. Yeah. Um, I always thought that the, the way they show him like his scary face is like clearly scarier than the normal like happy walking to work Sully, but like they didn't make him like truly terrifying looking. You know, I feel like they didn't want to lose the kids like mm-hmm. or something. I don't know, like the audience. It's the audio. I think it's they just chose to do that to make his audio the scariest. Yeah, exactly. The I mean, audio roars. is like extra roary, scary. Yeah. Yeah. Like a line. Like they didn't want to cross that line of something that would actually be scary to the audience, the children in the audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I that's I don't know. That's yeah, I think we talked about that earlier too. That they were like, Well, we you know Yeah, but that's supposed to be where he like goes full scary. Sure. He's got some big teeth, man. Yeah. These are scary. They're not like all like you know, like he's got horns. Horns are scary. Okay. Anyways. For that matter. Yeah, they do. You're right. I noticed that. Who else has horn? Mike? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow, I'm doesn't, just so... F- doesn't uh, Roz, too? Really? Perhaps. I'm just so focused on Mike's eye that I <laughs> didn't notice he had horn. Roz is definitely horny. Horny little slug. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, Boo gets scared, tries to run away. And then she trips on like some cords and her um, costume mask like flies back and Waternoose sees like, oh, kid. And then um, Mike is like, okay, this is what's been going on. Randall's like, blah, 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 all this stuff. Like tries to explain everything to Waternoose. Waternoose is not terrified of this kid. He like picks her up. So I think it's like, I think that sort of shows. And obviously we find out right after this that he's in cahoots with Randall. But I think it goes to show that that first opening scene when Waternoose comes in and well, when she's like, why is it bad to leave the door open? And Waternoose comes in like one touch from a kid can kill you. I think it's very clear that he already knew all along that that's not true. Like he's not scared of this kid. If he really believed that when Boo fell over, he would have started flipping out, you know, for sure. It's propaganda to hide his secrets. Yeah. Take down the corporations. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's saying this is terrible. I can't believe it's come to this. He's like, swipes a card. You think it's going to be Boo's door, but it's actually the Himalayas. <laughs> and he banishes uh, um, Sully and Mike to Snowtown. <laughs> Snowtown? <laughs> That's just what I decided to call it Snowtown. Okay. <laughs> It doesn't have a name, but somewhere it's in the Himalayas. Like Shangri-La. Welcome to something. Yeah. Well, that's, that's Byron's line. Oh, yeah. oh, oh hey, welcome. Uh, hey, guys. I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, Jimmy. 
What does he say? He said, then uh, someone already said it. <laughs> Welcome well, yeah. to the Himalayas. Yeah. <laughs> is it the Hambone actor? The dude? <laughs> yes, this is John Ratzenberger. Yeah, He's in every actor. single Pixar movie. He's right. also like a bunch of other characters in this sh- in this yeah, movie. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Gets, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that, I can't remember it. Yes. Yeah, it's one of the like it's one of the other like technician people in the beginning. He's talks and he tries oh, to match his voice. After after he goes like, get that thing back where I came from, which I help me. I think uh, <laughs> like oh, once the, the girlfriend comes up and they're like. She's like, what are you doing? And like, or somebody says like, what are you doing? He's and like, the oh, they're rehearsing by, like, a play. They're rehearsing for a play. <laughs> so, so that guy I and then also the, the grocer guy when they're walking to work in the beginning with the mustache. He's Italian or whatever. The house, that one. Yeah, that's uh, the guy who like gives them dragon fruit or whatever. That's, um, and they all like go, pa, 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 da, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like uh, make fun of, oh, yeah. that's him too, I think. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, they're banished to the Himalayas, which we find out they mentioned, they reference him earlier in the movie at some point. I can't remember exactly when, but they're like, yeah, what happened to Bigfoot and, and the Abominable snowman or whatever, but he's referenced on IMDb as Yeti. He's not called the Abominable snowman. Or he even says like, and what do they call me? Abominable. Like what? He like talks about it or something when they get there. Um, <laughs> he's a gangster now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you call me. Well, you no. call me. I'm a yeti, <laughs> Um, So he takes him to the cave. He's so excited. He's got some buddies. You guys want some snow cones? Um, yeah, wait. Can cones? we just... What's up with that, guys? Is he, he's not feeding him their pee. His pee. Okay, not he does. Like, you guys, at one point, he goes outside to make some more. I know. It, it, it does it's happen. It's lemon lime because that's all he eats to get not get scurvy. I don't know. I He's don't just think lemon on snow cones. I, I don't like... think lemons grow in the Himalayas. <laughs> I don't know. Definitely, there's fan sites, and I remember as a kid, people being like, "Those are pee pee snow cones." <laughs> Yeah, that's <laughs> which is joke. probably why yeah. he got banished. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking weirdo. <laughs> Golden showers, snow cones. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Thank you for making it make sense. Because <laughs> well, what the fuck did Bigfoot do? So we got to figure out. <laughs> yeah, maybe that'll happen. Well, in he TV describes show. what Bigfoot does in the movie, actually. What? What does he oh, do? What enlighten he us. But then he, what? It, this is he made like the diaper out of uh, poison ivy, and then where's the? Oh, so, that's in the movie. That's what he describes. That's what the snowman or the yeti says about him, right? Yeah. In this scene that we're talking about. Yeah. Huh. That's right. I, I forgot that, that I he was referencing that. I remember him talking about it. Wow. Poison Ivy. He wore it and he wore it as a tiara. Like, I remember <laughs> that moment, but I didn't remember that that was Bigfoot. Um, so, yeah. Right. He's offering him snow cones. Um, he's all excited about them being there. Mike and Sully are, like, mad at each other. Um Yeti mentions that there's a nearby village and Sally's like, okay, I got to get to this village so I can go through a door. Mike doesn't want to go with him. So this is when they have their, I mean, you know, movie people here. What's the, what's the term for this? Like they're the two main characters like are mad at each other. Now they break apart. Uh, major conflict. 
Okay. <laughs> but before we move on, there's like a gay joke in there too, right? Because he calls them best friends and does like hand movements like they were wrestling oh, together. He does do that. Because they were like started fighting the moment they got to the Himalayas. Like, this is your fault. And they like tumbled, right? And so like, that's where how Yeti found them. And so he was saying like, I thought, you, what about you're like, uh, you're a banished with your best pal. You guys were wrestling and stuff. And it was very, very much like they were lovers, which I think was like, a lead into the the pea cones, but he's like, oh, so you guys gay, are best apparently friends. gay people like that, right? You know, let's like war- <laughs> let's warm the cave up. But uh, I just, well, I, I was wondering, to... not in a serious way, but the thought crossed my mind: like, do people ever try to force the idea that, like, oh, Mike and Sully are in the closet? No, they're roommates. There are closets, but you, you are... get the joke though. Yeah, yeah oh, really. In the closet's funny. I get that joke. Uh, <laughs> or at least it's dumb. It's very dumb. It is not a good. It's not a good rabbit hole to go down. It's terrible. I know. It's I'm not. Sorry. It's not true, and it's because really only ins- one is in the closet in the beginning, right? And then another one. Anyway, no. You come yeah. out of the closet on a daily basis. Yeah, right. it's true. Which is a They're- fun event. It's like a parade. <laughs> well, Sully does. Mike waits for him inside. I guess that's true. Huh? In the closet. Wow. All right. So they they're going to the village, right? <laughs> um. Yeah. So um. Sully like makes a sled to get to the village. He he gets there. Um. He goes back through a door back to the um Monsters Inc. factory, and um we we're cut back to the factory and our our poor George monster. Has his cone, he's all shaved, he's all scared. His little pal is like, it's okay, I got a real easy door for you today. And he's like, you know what, I'm gonna do it. And then Sully like bursts through the door and like knocks him over. And um, another sock comes out. Oh, earlier, like halfway through the movie, they're in the locker room and George opens the locker with all of Boo's toys and it falls on him and his little buddy friend is like, 28, whatever, 23, 19. CDA comes again, you know fucks him up and then this time finally with the sock his friend's like 20 he grabs the sock stuffs it in the guy's mouth throws him through the door and then just was like like walks away mm-hmm. i was like good for you george you did it um anyway sully runs back to the like secret layer um they've got boo there randall and water noose are about to like use it on her but sully um like breaks it down um tries to save her Randall and Sully start like duking it out. Um, and then Mike shows up, throws a snowball at Sully and he's like, you know, I'm really sorry. Like, like he's trying to apologize and like Mike is invisible or Sully's getting invisibly beaten up by Randall. And he finally throws the snowball and reveals Randall's face. Sully punches him in the face. It's a really funny scene. Um, I just think it's funny (laughs) the way Mike's trying to apologize, but he doesn't know what's going on. Mm And then yep. Boo, Boo does, Boo like tries to be like, um, come on, like he's getting beaten up here. And Mike's like, I know, he's so sensitive, right, kid? <laughs> or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yep. Good, uh, good, uh, Billy Crystal action. Yeah. For that bit. Mm-hmm. I actually like the part we talked about uh, uh, <coughs> earlier too, like in the cave of uh, the pee pee snow cones. Um, mm-hmm. 
it's good writing like when mike is like um confronting sully and i don't know it's good acting it's good writing where he's like don't i matter doesn't this matter yeah. doesn't that matter Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to make that comment before we went too far past. No, that. thanks for mentioning that. Like, yeah. I was—that's what I was going to say when Cynthia mentioned earlier about the TV commercial, and she's like, "It says something about his character that he was just happy to still be on it, even though he got covered up." And I, I felt I feel the opposite. Like, it shows that honestly, Micah's been pretty selfish this whole time. Right, but it goes, but but so as solely up until now. And Sully is prioritizing this child, right? Right. Up until now, they've been on this hot streak. Like, they were, like, the A-team duo. But now, like, now... and But, like, so, you know, Mike is asking Sully, like, does that matter? Like, you know, we've contributed all this shit to Monsters, Inc. Does that matter? But, uh, you know, Sully has uh, new priorities, as it were. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, Mike is trying to protect his golden goose, the majority of the movie. Like, because yeah. um, Sully is, you know, he got him the dinner reservation. They do try to deepen it, though. I mean, you know, it is a golden goose relationship. Right. No, I'm across. saying, like, it comes across that way early on, but then right. you realize that, oh, no, it's not just that. Like, he actually yeah, yeah. is trying to protect him as a fellow friend and all that, uh, roommate yeah. and possibly closeted couple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's possibly an analogy about a, a closeted couple adopting a kid. I don't know. We'll talk about that. The next episode. To be no, yeah. <laughs> they're all monsters, and they're they like to pee snow cones monsters. and too many eyes. Yeah, that was uh, too much for Cynthia. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was. Too much analysis, you guys. We have to I stick know. to the story. I was purpose. I was joking. Yeah. So was I. I was I not. Oh. <laughs> Um, so they, um, yeah, Mike shows up, he rescues Sully and Boo. Um, they try to get back to Boo's door, but it's not going to get to the little station in time. So they jump on it. And this is when we get the great scene of the big door abyss. I don't even know this huge, where all the doors go. (laughs) Um, that's like the entirety of the building. You see the shot of the parking lot. There's like a front lobby then there's this huge building that huge building is just like the door room okay. or warehouse that makes I, sense. I don't know i think that's like the, the only thing that needs to be that big it's just like the billions of doors for the whole world yeah so they they jump into the door factory randall jumps on a door follows him in and um it sort of turns into like a roller coaster and there's some pretty cool like jazz music in this scene for sure. That's something yeah. I didn't really remember. Like even we didn't even talk about the opening credits. If this is the first Pixar movie with like a full opening credit scene, none Super of them have had it yet. That's right. Yeah. And like when it started playing, it was like that jazzy music. And like when I think of great Pixar music, I think of the Incredibles. <laughs> I mean, that's all good, but like, I love the Incredibles music. But, yeah. like, I did not remember this, like, jazzy score. Randy Newman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's all still Randy Newman, but it's totally different. Like, Toy Story bugs, like, Toy Story 2 have, like, very similar sounding soundtracks. And this one yeah, is much different. Jazzy. That's so true. Yeah. But, so, yeah, I mean, Randy Newman's not known ever to really use brass and stuff like that, right? Right. Like, it's it's all, I mean, I'm I'm asking because I'm maybe missing something but 
the bulk of his music is like that kind of folksy twang, right? Yeah, that's what I think of. That's I what I've, I mean, that's yeah. the way I understand it too. But yeah. I liked it. I, that's totally, I remember like, oh, like, like you said, Kelly, did not remember that at all. I didn't really like the opening credits visually speaking, but yeah, I like, I like so the so. music. It just doesn't match the film. Like, yeah, there's monsters, but like the quality and everything is like yeah. very yeah. different. I, I don't know. That's understand. what I thought. Yeah. I absolutely agree that the, uh, that the opening credits were so much, they were so unimpressive unless they were trying to go for some nostalgic or vintage look. They did not match the overall impression of the visuals of the movie. Yeah, it seemed like maybe it was something that one of them remembered specifically, especially like that it's a dragon, they're eating things, they're jumbling up the letters. It almost looks like I Dream of Genie or something, one of the TV shows of that era, which maybe that is it, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't like it. I like the music though. So yeah, they're in the um, door warehouse. It's like, we get the fun music. It's like a roller coaster um boo's having a great old time and starts to laugh and she turns on the door they're hanging on um and that gives sully the idea of like oh if we make her laugh really loud we can get her door open um but randall like traps them in so he's like mike make her laugh make her laugh he like falls on his crotch or something she laughs super loud and all the doors turn on um so we get this great scene of them running through all the doors. They're trying to escape Randall. They're trying to get back to her door. Um, they go to like Hawaii and they go to like uh, Paris and uh, where else? Japan, Japan or something. Japan, I think. Yeah. He's like, it slides, it slides the door. And when they're in Japan, which doesn't that seem like a thing? Cause like I grew up with a sliding door uh, closet, like as a, as a closet though. Because, like, I think that would be a thing for people watching this. Like, I don't have, like, a door closet. I have a slider closet. So, like, I feel like it was part of it. Like, they know the difference between doors and slider. I don't know. Okay. Interesting. I just I, yeah, it that's another. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I thought about it the second time I watched it recently. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. They're letting people know that they also do sliding doors. Because none of the doors are like that in the storage. Yeah, that is a good point. So, yeah, they're jumping in and out of the doors. Randall's chasing them. Um, Randall finally catches up to them. He's, like, got Sully hanging by his fingertips off of a door. He, like, tries to kill him. Boo's all scared. But then she, like, gets her courage kicked in. And Boo, like, jumps on Randall. She starts, like, banging him everywhere. He starts, like, changing all these different colors. Um, And Boo's really the one who uh, takes Randall down at the end. Yeah, she conquers her fear. She does. That's what we all hoped happened in The Lion King. Because he's uh, like hanging on, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hanging on the ledge. Oh. <laughs> if only Simba... No, just kidding. Okay. No, I'm just saying like the same, The kids that watched that as little kids were now a little older, but like it's still a thing. Like I feel like that was purposeful, the ledge thing. That's interesting. I Possibly. Yeah, I didn't really make that connection, but... True. One thing I admired during that particular scene was that the um, animators, director, whomever, really showed Boo's face going from fear to shock to like stunned and then to resolve. 
Mm. You know, and so this is an animated movie, really very kind of simplistic. And yet we got to transform with her. We got to see her character change in that moment and become powerful and courageous. And I think, I, I don't know whoever came up with that part of the movie, but I, I would like to attribute it to the writers and then the animators to exemplify it so well. But I thought it was just a great transition and kind of the denouement of the film itself. Yeah. Like having a child that young have a full character arc, Cynthia? Yes. Having like a showing that off. That yeah, having a character who was always afraid and just sort of la la la, you know, not really in reality or realizing it, and then coming to the consciousness of danger and her own sense of power, it's which is really significant to me. You might not ever get to tell that story with a live actor of a child that young, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like animation might be the only way you could do that. That's right. That's really true, Portals Grace. So, yeah, they defeat Randall, and um, they find a door, they throw him in it, and they drop the door so it splits apart so that Randall can never come back. And oh, and that's where he's um, at the trailer. Yeah, so I was going to say to your question earlier, Jacob, like, can adults see him, see the monsters? They can yeah, because right. here yeah, he's, like, in a trailer in the bayou or whatever, and they're like, it's another see, alligator. And it's they, an like, alligator. Yeah. <laughs> Another gate I got in the trailer. Friday Forum solving problems. It's awesome. Did you guys feel like the shadows look a little like shadow puppety? Like a little like two-dimensional like in that scene? Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, it's supposed to. Kinda. I mean, they're, yeah, they're like silhouettes in a, in a window. Yeah, but they look like Randall they're like, just, like stuck. He's just like one thing. <laughs> yeah, it just looks no. like they're like, yeah, like cardboard cutouts being moved yeah. in front of us. Like, I don't know. Just look kind of Maybe. weird. They were running out of time. They had to finish the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one else noticed it. That's cool. Watch um, it again. <laughs> so we, um, they defeat Randall. They hop on the door. Um, Waternoose is bringing the door back um, before they can get Boo in it. Waternoose like, calls the door back with the key. So um, they come up with a very quick plan where Mike is going to distract the CDA and um, he carries Boo's like costume. So they think he has it. So they all chase Mike, but Sully actually escapes with her to um, the simulation room and Waternoose follows him in. And we think he's got her in Boo's door. He like puts her to bed and Waternoose is like, um, I can't like, I can't believe that you did this. I'm like, he's like, you're going to scare all these children. You're going to torture the children. And he's like, I would kidnap a thousand children. If it means I could save Monstropolis or whatever. And then we realized he actually like tricked him into the simulation room. The walls come up. All the CDA agents are there. I think it's if I could save this company. Okay. Yeah. Sinister. He probably, that's what he says probably, but yeah. yeah, and then Mike is there. He's like, let's uh, rewind the tape to my favorite part. And he rhymes it back to when he talks about kidnapping children. Um, so this Again, is despite the fact that there's all this massive propaganda culture to teach everyone that kids are all toxic and will kill you and they're all dangerous. But yet he's like, they also know that like you can't kidnap children. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's like a bad thing to do, but also they're like toxic. Yeah. And well, it's uh, like it's storing a bunch of toxic things in our world. Like, because uh, does, does the CDA know that kids aren't toxic? Because I don't think so. No, they definitely don't. That's true. So yeah. they think he's like trying to keep toxic things. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, so here we like the CDA like drags them away and they're like, number one wants to talk to you. And Roz comes out. <laughs> we find out Roz is agent number one and she's been working undercover for a long time. Um, so I think maybe like somewhere someone was like, oh, human kids are toxic. Maybe it was Waternoose if his family, because he's like, this has been my family for like four generations or something. Like, maybe they were the ones who discovered this energy thing, and it was easier for them to tell people to be scared of kids that they were toxic, or they really believed they were toxic. But Waternoose already at some point realized they weren't really toxic, and it was okay to kidnap them and like whatever. And so maybe the CDA was like, just knew something fishy was going on there for a while. So Roz was there undercover and they finally realized that's, that's what he was hiding that like kids aren't toxic and he wants to kidnap them. And I mean, I never really thought Roz was that funny. Like I said earlier. So when it was like, Oh, Roz is agent number one. I was like, Oh, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like I get the, I'm always watching you. Oh, it all like plays. It all comes back. But uh, okay. Cool, Ross. Yeah, but like, so this, we're supposed to think the CDA is like the CDC and the CIA combined or the FBI combined. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, like so, so I don't know. The way she reacts to the child. But also like the DEA and NASA. And the <laughs> government organization. It's the, the entire government. Really. So just, yeah, the whole government. Yeah. And, but she doesn't seem to care about the child. Like she doesn't seem, or not care, but not think that sh- that the that boo is toxic right yeah so she seemed to have seems to have known that all the while they're still blowing up socks yeah yeah <laughs> right she's so who's the, who's really got the bigger subterfuge here it really it doesn't all add up something something doesn't add up you know There's, which is you know i think that maybe like when they realize what really happened and Mike reveals that he was going to kidnap children, like with the kid running around, they already kind of maybe could tell maybe they're not really toxic. So just like by this point of the reveal, Roz and the CDA is kind of like, all right, I guess our job, like jobs don't matter anymore. I guess kids are fine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they, they uh, arrest Waternoose. Um, Roz tells him to put the girl back. Um, the girl being boo. So then we get the scene of Sully returning Boo home finally. Um, she's all excited to show him all her toys. And she she hands him um, the Pixar ball, a Jesse doll, and a Nemo doll, which is interesting because Funny Nemo hasn't come out yet. So they already threw Nemo in there. Must have been in development, though. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we get the scene of Sully finally having to say bye to Boo. Yeah. Sad. Mm-hmm. Bye bye boo. Bye bye boo. And she he, like what is she? She tries to go show him something, and like she looks back at the closet, and it's just a regular closet. Well, he somehow sneaks out and through the closet and closes it, 
and she like thinks he's hiding in there and she oh, jumps yeah, up to open is. the door and yeah. it's just her normal closet again. Yeah. And then we cut to them shredding her door. Mm-hmm. Roz is like, sorry, like she's seen too much. We can't, we have to cut off this door. So they shred her door, take it away. And one little piece falls on the ground and Mike picks it up and gives it to Sully. It's mm-hmm. this little remember, remembrance token. And uh, yeah, then we get the last scene. Um, Sully is now the new CEO. Um, And under his leadership, the energy crisis has been solved because now they're harvesting children's laughter instead of screams. Um, We see all the monsters doing their new tricks and little things like spinning plates. The monster from the beginning like comes out with a soccer ball and his jacks on his butt, like all excited that like he got the job he deserves. And it's really interesting because when we were talking earlier about all the scary monsters versus the little like agent monsters, like now that it's about making the kids laugh, they've all like switched roles. (laughs) So now Mike is, you know, doing his little comedy and Sully's like his agent and, you know, they've all switched places. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, some of the scares are still there. Like uh, George, the guy who got the short end of the stick every time, he's now like Gallaghering. Uh, yeah, breaking fruit right. with like sledgehammers and so some of the scares are still doing it the ones that were like dumb and bad in the beginning that weren't like the best of the best right. mm-hmm. so. mm-hmm. and so the guy be- with the like the teeth that's right from being, yeah now it's uh yeah instead of scary teeth it's now like this it's, yeah it's silly teeth. Chattering. Teeth. <laughs> is that what it's called chatter teeth I don't know. What That's what called? I'm calling it. Wind up, wind up tooth. I don't know. wind up. Yeah. Funny teeth. Anyway. Funny. Funny teeth. Com- Funny teeth. Comedy teeth. Comedy teeth. There you go. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, um, so everyone's happy. They saw the energy crisis with laughter and um, Mike takes Sully aside saying, I've got a surprise for you. And he put Boo's door back together. Yeah, a little far-fetched, of course. Oh, this scene makes me cry. It's so sweet. (laughs) I love it. I mean, they really do a good job of convincing you, like, this is the last time. Like, it's over. They're really destroying the door. Like, with the music and everything when it happens and Sully, like, looking so sad. And you feel like you have to accept it. So by this point, when Mike's like, I remade the door, you're like, oh, great. Like, I don't know. You really do feel that yeah. way. Like, oh, wow. Well, it's like it needs the I last had already piece. accepted she's gone, and yeah. now this is just like a bonus. I get to see her again. And then, well. Well, yeah, he puts the last I don't know if in. he's accepted. He's got, like, her picture and that door piece taped to his uh, his little work board. But he's not, he's not, like, he doesn't have any hope of bringing her back. He's just sort of, like, <laughs> in, like, memory mode. yeah. Mm. Just like, oh, I remember those days. I remember you. I'll never forget you. But like, I, I as an audience member, never had hope that she would come mm. back. I, that comes totally unexpected to me as an audience member. Yeah. Well, she doesn't really come back. He puts in the piece, he opens the door, and she says, Kitty! And he's all happy, and then it fades to the credits. I know. We never Which see her again. Which is great. Yeah, it, no, it's brilliant. They play up with our desire to see her again, our desire to see them together again. It still resolves everything without them having to like... We just watched the end of The Sopranos, so it's very uh, reminiscent of that. (laughs) (laughs) When he found that little piece of wood, there's no logic here, but it reminded me of when um, Dorothy discovers that her red shoes 
can send her home in the Wizard of Oz. Like there's something that he had all the time. Oh yeah. Something that she had within her grasp all the time. There's no mm. place like home. And he, for whatever reason, kept that piece as originally as a memento. In a way, you know, Sully had what he needed all along, but he didn't know it. Equitable to the Wizard of Oz and how Dorothy didn't know that the shoes had the power to get her home. And, you know, there's no place like home. (laughs) Yeah. Well said. All right. So that is Monsters, Inc., so um, now we're going to go around and talk about our favorite and least favorite scenes and characters. Um, so first we're going to start with least favorite scene. Least favorite scene. Least favorite. Um, Byron, I'm going to start with you this time. I think I will go with the, um, when they think that Dot gets pressed into a cube, just because I felt like it was extraneous as i said earlier. yeah you said dot yeah you i know someone is someone gonna tell him oh shit <laughs> that's two movies ago but yeah no um i totally agree with you byron my least favorite scene is the whole trash tra- like what's the real point of that scene like there's no just to be funny like she goes into the trash compactor or they think Mike's running around, Sully's freaking out, then Mike and Sully meet back up, and then she just finds them again. Like, that, like, the scene's funny, and in general, I think this movie is well-written and flows really well, but, like, you could take that whole scene out of the movie, and it won't affect the story at all. I think it's so. just, like, to emphasize him, like, falling for her. Okay. Yeah. and Like, like just that it matters to him. Yeah. My mom said specifically that she, you know, felt an emotional thing as a parent of that, like, Oh my gosh, this the poor baby that I'm in charge of. So maybe they're just trying to hit hit that emotional cue or that emotional yeah. whatever. Okay. Well, Jimmy, is that your least favorite scene or? No. I, I although it is one of one of my least favorite. I don't have a ton, but mine I think I already kind of said it was when Roz turns out to be the head of the CDA, is that what it is? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was just kind of like supposed to be this big moment and uh you're supposed to really like her and be like oh it's her the funny uh, I, I, i've never really liked that okay and felt like they were that. trying too hard at that moment um cynthia how about you what's your least favorite scene that's kind of a tough question because they're all a blur in my brain but probably just when it when they were like in the bathroom and running around and you were seeing some of the bad monsters, it was, it didn't hold my heart. All right. Brian, how about you? Um, I think when, when Sully growls at Boo, when he like really roars at her or when he sees her like roaring and she gets all upset. It just, it's upsetting to see Boo upset. (laughs) I just remember that part, like, making me sad as a young child. All right. Jacob, how about you? Least favorite scene? (sighs) I gotta go snowman. Uh, I just didn't like how they made his character uh, be that weird. (laughs) It just didn't compliment their fight. Like the 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 difference of opinion between Mike and Sully, and then there's just like, hey, like I just didn't really like it. 
no offense, Byron, I know that's your character. But uh, yeah, not my favorite. It's hard. Uh, Daniel, how about you? I think I would have to go with the scene when they return to Monsters, Inc. with Boo and the TDA agents are everywhere. And they're like all just trying to hide Boo from, from various people and it gets into the bathroom. Like that, that segment of the movie kind of dragged for me. That it's just a typical like, like comedy of errors kind of thing. And like, just it's like, because Boo won't go along and, and keep messing it up. And it's, it kind of, it kind of drags. Like, I know it's necessary plot to get to, from the opening to the later, but that, that sequence kind of drags for me. So that's probably my least favorite. Grace, you're up. Least favorite scene. Least favorite. Um, my least favorite scene is probably the, the screen machine situation. Terrifying. It reminds me of like a like a mall, like a back room in a CVS in a mall in the San Fernando Valley. Mm. What? Just like the fluorescent lighting. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> All right. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. How about favorite scene, Jimmy? Hey, yeah, I kind of have two. I think the obvious one that like I can't not mention is the door scene at the end where they're riding on all the doors. I mean, it's really such a great cinematic experience, especially like on the big screen, just the feeling of flying on those doors. But like, it's also so tense, like, oh, they're going to fall and all that. But like, I always just love the whole sequence. It's sort of like long, so I don't know if I can really count it. But when Boo first goes to their apartment... And they're like, you know, trying to like hold her back. They're all like protecting themselves. He sprays himself in the face. He makes her laugh. They put her to sleep. Like that whole part of the movie is probably my favorite. Like I feel like we get to know Boo. We get to know all of them. Sully falls in love with Boo. And like, I don't know. Just that that portion of the movie is probably my favorite in general. All right. Byron, how about you? Favorite scene? I like that scene where Sully scares Boo. I like that scene a lot. It anchors the story for me. All right, Grace, how about your favorite scene? Um, probably the little bathroom singing. So cute. All right, Cynthia, favorite scene? I don't know. I kind of like scenes that have a whole lot of tension. So when he can't catch the door or he thinks it's the door, all of those scenes really in the very middle of the movie, it's hard to separate them. I mean, I know you do as we anal- analyze them such but um that whole sequence is tense i like that about movies because you know life is boring (laughs) i don't want my movies boring all right um brian favorite scene uh i think i just love the beginning i love like when they're showing you like around um monsters inc and you see like how everything works and you first kind of dive into the story. <laughs> the Jacob. Um, I really like specifically the workout scene in the beginning where he wakes him up pretending to be a radio and he like runs him through drills or whatever. It's because like the, the monsters you first see in the, the sim- simulation room or whatever they're very kind of robotic because they're trying to perform a task and teach and there's a little rudeness from the girl to the kids or whatever. 
But then like you see why Sully and Mike are special when they first start interacting with each other. And that's what I like. It made me care about them from the beginning. All right, Daniel, favorite scene. Um, in general, I think the earlier parts of the movie, like the um, the the like exposition establishment scenes, are good. Specifically, the floor scene. I thought people would mention the floor scene. The floor scene, the first floor scene, is is really fun when you see them competing for the scares and how the doors are coming and they're all working together. That scene, that scene was done really good. And probably my favorite. Um, and the, the sequence up to like where they take Boo to the apartment. Um, all moves pretty well, but I'm, I'm going to go with the floor scene. Um, so my favorite scene, I agree with Brian. The whole kind of opening part is really well done, but I, I really love the scene when we first see them going to work. Like they're on the scare floor, they get all the doors, the music's going all jazzy. They're going in, they're getting their screams. The little agent guys are rooting them on. Um, yeah, I just really love how well you just, you look like, it looks like they're having a great time. It's like, I don't know. I like that part. All right. Favorite character. Um, Daniel, we'll start with you this time. Favorite character. Oh, good. Jimmy's not here to see this. Because it's, it's Roz. It's got to be Roz. <laughs> it's Roz all day. Come on. All right. Jimmy can, Jimmy can say something about it later. But it's Roz. All right. Jacob, favorite character. Uh, Sully. He's just, he's just too cool. All right. Grace, favorite character. Monster kids. The one with the teeth. <laughs> All right. Cynthia, favorite character. Mike Gikowski. <laughs> Mike Gikowski. <laughs> Wazowski. <laughs> Definitely um, my favorite. Okay, Brian, favorite character? The little nerds that love Mike and Sully. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're funny. Um, Byron. Boo. Yeah, it's got to be Boo. I, I love Sully, too, but yeah, it's got to be Boo. Jimmy? Uh, Boo definitely gets uh, honorable mention close second to Mike Wazowski. Just like keeping the keeping the masses entertained. Just a showman. Love that man. A little round man. <laughs> monster. He's not a man. Oh, love that monster man. Um, all right, so this is when we'd say favorite song, but there's only one song in the credits. It's if I do. Yeah, it's uh, no, it's yeah. uh, put, put that thing back where it came from, or so help me. Obviously. Oh, and then after when he when he's like, yeah. "What are you guys doing?" He's like, "They're performing a musical," and he goes, "She's out of our head." Yeah, she's out. Of- <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, what's the other one? Uh, you and me, me and you, both of us together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's really laughs> at the beginning, that was good. So, what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite Kazowski <laughs> song? No. Um, yeah, so the song is "I Didn't Have You" in the credits, performed by Billy Crystal and John Goodman, and it was uh, it won the Oscar for best song. Just Can I give a special shout out for my favorite scene to the scene where they're in the sushi bar? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to give an honorable mention to that scene. For some reason, I always just loved that part. Me too. Well, when she like 
they're all freaking out and she jumps up and just goes boo and they yeah. all freak yeah. out that was in the that was in the trailer for it's sure just the octopus sushi chef it's oh so hell yeah it's aesthetically pleasing to watch that guy yeah yeah <laughs> truly a little cannibalistic but yeah they're monsters yeah. not fish well what are they eating what is sushi for monsters you know Mm-hmm. Child's uh, child. Oh God, no! <laughs> they go uh, child sashimi and catch actual fish from Earth and just go back into like the realm. They keep it cold in yellow ice. Yeah, or just like only fish monsters. Like, yeah, the the aqua monsters are like basically animals in that world and eaten. That's right. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, did you watch the bonus features? That's all of the bonus features. You should watch it. It's in the commentary. I, I did not. No, he's joking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it is now time for final thoughts and letter grades. Jimmy, start us off. Uh, final thoughts is I always liked this one. It had like the biggest sweet, cute factor of any Pixar movie that I had seen at that point. And it might still have that award. I don't know. I have to think about that more. Um, so just based on the sweet, cute factor and the creativity factor of like the whole door situation and the way they lead into all, like, all the rooms, that was so cool. Uh, it's in the A range. So where do I place it in the A range? I guess I have to put it A minus just because, you know, what am I going to do? I'm giving all these movies A's. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Byron. Um, I love this movie personally. So personally an A, but critically B. Um, it's a little loose compared to uh, the tighter knit stories that I feel they're really good at. All right, Grace. Um, I think I would give it uh, like a high B, a really high B. I like it a lot. I love it. I, maybe I'll give it an A, just as an A. <laughs> <laughs> um, Daniel, I'm going B plus. Very solid. Um, well, you know, it's 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 solid. It's a it's a good movie. It gets the job done, but it's not. It's not over that level. Um, it's not one of like the Pixar masterpieces that we're about to get to. So it's uh, um, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a B plus. All right, Cynthia. I give this movie a B minus because I think it could have been told and just as enjoyable in thirty minutes, like as a short film. Yeah, there's a lot of filler. I'll, I'll kind of agree with that. I, I, I see that. Yeah. It would do it would be better as a short. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um okay, Jacob. Yeah, uh like I said before, I watched it two nights ago and then I watched it again last night. Um it makes me mad that I don't have much memory as a child to it. Um, but I would give it like a 94, it's like a solid A. And, uh, the reason is because I think that they created a world really well. And uh, yeah, I, the short thing, I could see how that works, but also the flair aspect of it is why I give it such a high rating because uh, like, I feel like 
the point of cartoons is to flare what we can't do in reality. So I like that. I also want to say like voice acting, like the, the talent that they have attached to the film is world-class. I mean, yeah, the two, for the sure. two is so, so strong. I think yeah. maybe we like left room for Billy Crystal and John Goodman to fill. So maybe that's why it feels like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe they couldn't like write like a whole story, write it to death, you know, like they might with other people. Hmm. Right. Yeah. All right, Brian, how about you? Uh, I'd say I give it like a 92 because it's also one of my favorites. And I think that, again, like you don't get better than like Pixar creating a world, which is always my favorite thing about Pixar movies than this movie. This kind of like set the precedent for it um, before, you know, it was like a classic and talked about like in this type of way. And, um, yeah, I think that, like, the uh, chemistry that John Goodman and Billy Crystal had, like, even, you know, not, like, even as voices in separate booths recording these these lines, they were so good and played off each other so well. And I don't know, I think that it's just, like, it was such a, it's, like, a, an upward trajectory for, for Disney and the Pixar relationship. Like, this was, like, the beginning of it really being, like, like it in terms of animation. Yeah, I think that's well put. Like it, it definitely is a great movie, like watching it through. I agree. I love how creative this world is. Um, I think it's adorable. It's funny. Um, But I would say of the four we've watched so far, this is the first one where I felt like, that scene didn't need to be there. Like that part didn't need to be there. So I, I kind of see what you're saying is the short idea. I, I do think that a short would not give you the connection to Boo and Sully that, that we do end up getting. Yeah. But I, I do think that this is the first of the Pixar movies where I felt like there were things that didn't need to be there as much. Like you guys were saying the filler. So I think I'm going to give this movie a B plus. It's still really good and enjoyable, but I don't know. It's, I'm, yeah, I guess, yeah, they're less fluid maybe than the others, but still a great, fun movie to watch. So there you have it. Um, Four A's and four B's of sorts. There's some pluses and minuses in there. It's a good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Solid film. So um, our homework and our listeners' homework for next time is to watch... Finding Nemo, the classic. Can't wait. Can't wait. Might watch it right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time, Finding Nemo. Thank you, Kelly. Friday Forum Podcast is a JK Entertainment production. All thoughts and opinions by the participants are theirs and theirs alone. Original theme music by Jimmy Anthony. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at Friday Forum Podcasts for updates about future episodes. And please email us at FridayForumPodcast at gmail.com to contact us and let us know what you think. I'm your host, Kelly Anthony. 
Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.